Welcome to Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast. A subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email. Our email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Our social media accounts are all at bestpicturecast. You can DM us or or get at us there. We uh, love to hear from the people. And we're back starting up year five here. We just had our fourth anniversary. And we're doing so with a movie for the first time that we actually covered on an Oscar special. So a little bit of an interesting start to things here. We're we're kind of looking back and looking forward here with Nomadland. And while I was on the episode, the first Oscar episode we did talking about this thing, I have two guys here with me who were not. And in fact, I believe it's a first watch for both of them, but we'll get to that. So we'll start here with Grant C. Grant? Thanks, Kieran. Uh, thanks for having me back. It's exciting to talk about the most recent movie ever covered in a Best Picture cast. It's uh, very exciting. Yes, a 2020 jam here with Nomadland. It is uh, a, a little bit awkward territory for us here because now we're doing movies that came out while we were a podcast here. So this is While we were like starting to talk about them. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, so we have uh, next here, Artie B. Artie. Hey, what's up? Welcome. Thanks for having me. You Welcome cozy here? You. What? You cozy here? We're in the back of my van here recording this thing, so it's a little chilly. But... I like it. I like that we have the propane heater going. <laughs> right right now I'm sitting on the toilet. <laughs> he had the uh, the 12-gallon bucket for, for this one. He's got bad knees. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, we are we are, uh, we are are in Grant's lovely abode here. Grant is a homeowner, so we're... Uh, He's gracious enough to have us over to his place. We are, we're in my shelter. I yes. love the temperature control associated with your studio. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right to say this is a first watch for both of you? That is correct. Well, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it was I'll, a first watch. I'll, uh, I'll start with you, Grant. It's a first watch. You know, you've obviously listened to all, to all our episodes and whatnot. What is your familiarity with this one? Uh, basically, I guess just from us talking about it. I remember it's a Frances McDormand movie. I'm a fan of hers. And it just looked very nice every time I, I saw the commercials for it and clips from it. It's, I remember it just looking very beautiful. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I heard it was uh, divisive. Maybe some people weren't happy with the win. That's that's all I really knew about it. Artie, how about you? Did you know anything coming in? Did you know around the time when it won... The Oscar, we're obviously doing this and covering it, so you must have been a little bit aware. Yeah, I knew the gist of it. Yeah. It's about a one woman wandering after she loses everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was okay. the extent of it though. I didn't I didn't real I didn't know what the plot was. One thing I should mention now here with this is because we started Best Picture Cast in twenty twenty, essentially like right before things went to shit, uh, pardon the, the pun there. That's um okay. we at the very start of Best Picture Cast, we had kind of a um a gag order rule pertaining to the pandemic. Like we were not allowed to mention it, or if it was any mention of it, it would basically cut off just because we didn't want to date ourselves sure. while we're yeah. figuring out our voice. And, you know, it, a lot of podcasts who had been around for years, you know, that kind of became the po- the pandemic era of their podcast. We didn't want to start in that. So we really just didn't reference it at all and, and kind of built our voice through that. But now it is 
a historic part of the past and of the movies that we're discussing here. Yeah. It's impossible to kind of go through this year in film without bringing it up. It was such a weird Oscars. Mm. Like that twenty that 2021 Oscars where it was just like people were kind of scattered. It was half the crowd. Everyone's wearing masks. It was just very odd. And just so different from what we're used to seeing. Weren't there fewer movies made, too, because of the, the restrictions? <sighs> there were movies pushed back. They took longer to make, too. Yeah. I could see how this well, one a lot, a lot of movies were shut down for a while. For like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, I could see how it got made. It's just all outside, basically. Well, it's made before. It is? Well, yeah. Well, I mean... No, 2019 it, is... Well, 20, when it March 2020 is when everything kind of... It was 2020? Mm -hmm. So that was finished before... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so and so there were movies that were being made and i think like for the famous example is the mission impossible one where he was trying to yeah. get through it and um you know having people wear masks and whatnot uh but there was also movies that were just held back because they wanted there were bigger studio movies they wanted to make sure they had a crowd for release they didn't want to just release it and, mm -hmm. and then we saw kind of streaming right. surfaces take over and then the next oscars is basically most of the movies were streaming movies there were very few um, yeah kind of theater yeah. theater type of movies this movie nomadland was the first movie that i saw coming back from the pandemic. This was the first thing I saw oh, wow. on the big screen. Okay. So it was, you know, a kind of a nice experience for me because it had been a little while. And this is a picturesque type of film to see on, on the big screen. Yeah, so for I sure. So I had a, a really good experience with it everyone, at that time. Everyone cooped up was very... Uh those uh, images, that imagery was very welcome. It was very welcome. That's yeah. a, a, a sprawl, <laughs> a good like way a, to put it. It was the sprawling desert. Yeah, if they're looking yeah. at your den for a month. <laughs> yeah. It's more than just that, too, is just there was a time period there where, you know, there was a fear that theaters wouldn't reopen, that that yeah. was that. It's streaming now, and that's what you do. So it, there was a, a little bit of a liberation to, to get back out and see a, a movie like this, too. Could have done something a little more uplifting, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tenet. Yes, we can get back to the theater. Well, Tenet was, was next, and that was a bigger bummer. Yeah. I promise you that. I think I think the first movie I saw since uh, like the first movie I saw when theaters reopened was King Kong vs Godzilla. Oh, that sounds great. It was it was a lot of fun. Not a good movie, but it was a lot of fun. Barbie was a while before you got back there, right? By Barbie was probably the first movie yeah. I've seen since. Well. I wasn't a theater goer before. Mm, true, true. I think before that it was like gravity. Not a theater goer, but you are a beer drinker. So what are you drinking here today? Thanks for letting everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows my secret. I know. And if you if you ever listened, you've heard me drink this. Yeah, it's a real well kept secret. <laughs> six point Bengali IPA. We got a six point six abv so the the DraftKings bet hit immediately like it, it, <laughs> tip off it, it hit it, yeah. it was like when DraftKings first came out the bet was like bet fifty dollars if the knicks score a point and you win your money <laughs> like it was that kind of bet oh boy Grant, easy, what do you have to easy do? money uh, i'm not drinking beer tonight um right now i am drinking some tequila epsilon tequila blanco some lemon lime soda Ah, Espelon, a very popular tequila these days. Yeah, That's so my favorite tequila. It's very good. It's awesome. I like it more than Casamigos. Yeah. Sorry, George. Uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, know that you were a tequila guy. I, I do. I do like myself some tequila. Yeah. Nice. For sure. Very nice. So uh, I'm enjoying that instead of a, uh, a beer. So I do something similar. I'll do tequila and like a lime seltzer or a lemon lime seltzer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then if I have a lemon or lime in the fridge, I'll just squeeze it. Sorry. If I have a lemon or lime in the fridge, good to go. I'll just squeeze it in there. 
mm-hmm. and like give it a little margarita fiesta. Yeah, yeah, I, have yeah, a, yeah. I have a lime in there. It's just a nice little cocktail. To end yeah, the night. nice. It's that time of year. I have my Sam Adams Cold Snaps, one of my favorite seasonal beers. So I have it for the little road trip we're about to take here across the uh, the Badlands and into the uh, the the Great Wide Open. I'll trade you a sandwich for it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have waited. I have a light and, and keep the lighter with it too. I should have waited till I was out of mine and then in the middle of the episode been like, I'll trade you a sandwich for a beer. <laughs> Nomad Land. Here we are, Franny McDormand in her third Oscar win. I would imagine you're both Fargo fans, uh, but what yes. what about? Three billboards. Have either of you guys seen that? Have you no, I Neither haven't. Have you seen it? No. Wow. It's been on my list forever. That was for a, some reason I never got around to it. That was a weird chunk of time where I just didn't watch all the movies that came out that I know I'd probably like. Three billboards yeah. look like something I'd really like. Yeah, that's Martin McDonough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love Martin McDonough. What else has he done? Banshees and uh, oh, of Sold. Sharon. Sold. Yeah, love both of those. Banshees is one of my favorite movies. Mine too. So this is her third win, her third and fourth Oscar. She's a producer on this thing too. Let's just some opening thoughts here with this one. I, I guess, Artie, I'll start with you. Um, how did this one, you know, I, we, we have not talked about this at all. So I have no idea what you guys think about this film. I'm interested to see because this is, as one of you mentioned before, this is a bit of a polarizing one. So uh, Artie, just opening thoughts here on, on Nomadland. <sighs> I hate doing opening thoughts. I never know what to say. I don't want to, I don't I don't want to get too much into it and start stuff, which is what I always do. And I don't want to say nothing. I didn't really like it. Mm. Over, okay. Overall. Didn't get you. No. Didn't get you. Wow. No. Okay. Grant. I have a feeling I'm going to be the middleman here. Kieran, it's kind of like what you what you said during the Hurt Locker episode where you quoted talking horror and said that you have a few likes and a few gripes mm-hmm. i'm kind of in the same boat i think i like it more than i dislike it but i'm not all that high on it uh all right so then that would would kind of cue you up as a middle type of man here because this is a film i i appreciate quite a bit okay. um and care about a lot i does a lot of the things that i look for in a film and i think i i said this back on the oscar episode uh, that we covered this is not one i'd rush to recommend to someone uh, it's yeah. kind of more of one of those, you know, you have to find your own appreciation in it. And I wouldn't expect someone else to necessarily have that because it's, this is that type of movie. It's a very personal movie. It's a very kind of like human study. It moves at its own pace, pretty literally. You know, it's very minimalist in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. So yeah. uh, I am excited to break it down a little bit here with you two guys because there's always a lot to talk about, especially when us three clowns get in the uh, the, the squared circle. Okay, so we uh, have some pretty balanced thoughts there on, on the board. So I think there's going to be a little something for every listener here. I do want to say before we go into the full deep dive, you know, I don't feel like I properly shouted out enough the talented music work that Grant Z here did on our On The Feed episodes. Oh, and yeah, thanks. Yes, you're going to hear a little bit of that talent sprinkled into this, too. Because this is, yes. you know, the start of year five. So we got to, you know, we got to keep a lot of things the same. But we got to we got to uh, tweak some things and brighten some things up, too. Everything on that on the feed episode was fucking scene stealing. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, some movies news. <laughs> kill me. Future movie news. Yeah, future movie news. For those of you who are wondering what on the feed is, we got our new uh, our new kind of branch off side episode myself and joey are are doing and it's uh it's kind of a little like news of the month thing there will be one coming up in a couple weeks for the month of february so you can check that out and grant's music will be featured uh there yet again so 
check out on the feed. And for those of you out there, we've had quite a few asking, you know, where has the list been? The list of Joey R, where has it been? Uh, it may make its return there on the on the feed, a rare on the feed appearance. Oh, okay. Since he was uh, was not in studio for the uh, for the Hurt Locker anniversary episode, so that's Kirk, yeah, people are people are hungry for it, so it's fitting that's on the feed. Kirk They're, Cameron's going to be on the list. Good, <laughs> he, he deserves to be on the list. Okay, guys, it's time to get to get the uh, the wagons rolling here and get get headed toward uh, our destination, wherever let's, that might be, in that great wide let's open. Fire up the RV in the year two thousand and twenty. <laughs> All right, and we're going to take that that short commute back to 2020 when Nomadland won Best Picture. And uh, one of the more notable parts of 2020 was, of course, the start of Best Picture casts, right? For us, at least. Whoa. One of the notable things. Uh, Yeah, one of the many. Yeah, one of the many. The other one was the 2020 election, and it saw Joe Biden defeat incumbent President Donald Trump. Each candidate won 25 states apiece, but Biden won the electoral count 306 to 232, and the popular vote by roughly 7 million. Biden would become the 48th president in U.S. history. The 2020 World Series saw the Los Angeles Dodgers defeat the Tampa Bay Rays in six games to win the franchise's seventh world title and the sixth since moving to California by way of Brooklyn. Oh, just a a memorable... World Series that who could forget, right, Artie? You're you're, look, you're looking at, you're looking at me right now as if I'm making up information. <laughs> Los Angeles, what? No, I, uh, I yeah, I mean, I forget every World Series. This one is particularly forgettable. Uh, the, the bubble, the one played in the bubble. Oh God, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, like when they had, like the half season. Yeah, the entire. Oh wait, s- that was the year I won fantasy baseball. That's a very memorable <laughs> oh, year. That's right. You and the, the Dodgers. Asterisk next yeah, you and the Dodgers. The juicy little asterisk. Next <laughs> <to it. laughs> uh, the entire series was played at the new Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Uh, what a great time to debut your stadium and. Where no, like a, where no one can go. It's like a big quarantine zone. Of oh, baseball yeah, we paid going on. All, all for this thing that we can't. We're not legally allowed to fill. We can sell a thousand tickets. <laughs> oh man! Did you go to any baseball games during the pandemic? I haven't been to one since before. I went to a baseball game, a Yankee game, during the pandemic season, and they were like walking around, making sure okay. we were outside, and they're making sure you're all like three rows apart yeah, they sold so few tickets that was such with- a weird time like nobody knew the rules so this was the first and only world series to date played entirely on a neutral site hmm. though they've talked about that kind of go- they've just talked about like the super bowl doing that having like a city host are you shaking oh your head? i hate that'd that. be terrible yeah, yeah I if, agree. The, if, the, if, if the twins play the a's or if the twins play the brewers like Having that in uh, Los Angeles is not going to. No one cares. Like, <laughs> no Twins or yeah. Brewers fans there. Only like... Milwaukee and Minnesota care. Especially, and why would you deprive them after yeah. a whole season of taking yeah. the games away? Yeah, and it, especially we're... a seven-game series. Like right. Super Bowl, it makes sense because it's one game. So it's yeah. like winner one take game. all. Like a best of seven. No. Yeah, I agree. Okay, seating for the World Series was limited to twenty-five percent capacity. And that, I just that must have stung the owners of that stadium so hard. Oh. They're, they're debuting the stadium this year, and it's twenty-five percent. Uh, the 2020 baseball season was condensed into 60 regular season games with opening day on July 23rd. Also featured an expanded playoff system. Expanded IRs as well. In that, oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
in that that's why you want fantasy because you're the one checking in ad drops a million times it's within the rules <laughs> in that 60 game regular season the Dodgers started off 30 and 10 making it the best 40 game start in franchise history good timing the Rays reached the World Series for the second time in franchise history and it would be their second defeat they managed a 40 and 20 season, uh, but almost blew a three to zero game lead over the Astros before winning Game Seven to advance to the World Series. Randy Arozarena became the first ever rookie position player to win the ALCS MVP. Though this stat is a bit skewed due to the shortened season, the Dodgers and the Rays, who each had the best record in their respective leagues, became the highest combined winnings percentage between World Series opponents at 6.92 breaking a record set in 1906 in a Chicago showdown between the White Sox and Cubs, 1690. So a, over 100 years. I think that's totally legit. Everything that happened that year is totally legit. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to justify your fantasy baseball. When I like this is not a who should have won podcast, Harry. <laughs> uh, and last irrelevant stat of the day, hopefully, mm-hmm. for you guys, at least, and the listeners. It is the, uh, the first time... It, Two reigning NBA or NHL championship cities went up against each other in the World Series. We had the, the Lakers won and the Tampa Bay Lightning were winners. So oh. that was Tampa Bay title town because the, the Bucks won that year too. So there oh, was a whole lot of whole lot of winning going on down there on Talk the, about uh, a fan base that doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Actually, well, they're, they're, lightning fans are strong, but like Everyone else. Mm. All those teams had an advantage during 2020. They were able to do whatever they wanted to practice. Like, <laughs> they were all based in Florida. True. True. <laughs> Dodgers are managed by Dave Roberts. World Series MVP Corey Seager, who also just won the uh, this year's MVP, playing in the same stadium, this time actually for the team that, that hosted him. Too early for uh, Hall of Famers, because not allowed to be in yet. you got to retire, be retired for five years. I would imagine there would be a few, though. Curtin, Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts, to name a few. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Was Scherzer on the team that year? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, apologize in advance here, Artie. This is gonna be a <laughs> this is gonna be a painful gauntlet for you here. The number one Billboard songs oh, of boy. 2020, and this is a murderer's row of of RDB antiheroes here. A lot of that. <laughs> oh boy. Wait, I can probably get, guess these. Get your get Dua off my Lipa. lawn sign ready. Dua Lipa. Uh, she's in there. She's bum, not number bum, one. Bum, you you bum, don't like this. With the NXS song that she sings. You don't like this number one here. The number one song of the year. You do not like it. Um, is it a cover? Uh, you, you probably would tell me that it is. <laughs> oh, that your actually really narrows it down for me. <laughs> your definition of a cover and mine are a little different. All right, so it's pink. No, <laughs> no what, let's go. What do we got? It is The weekend singing Blinding... Blinded by the lights. I mean, blinding lights or blinding lights. Yes, yeah. no. Blind, blinded, blinded by, by lights, lights is, is, is a wrapped up like a deuce. <laughs> that song is just obviously ob- obnoxiously inspired by like three eighty songs, <laughs> like Take On Me and like two others. Yeah, well, there he is. The I'm blinded by the lights. Doesn't he say that in the fucking song? I don't. Blinded. Ooh, yeah, but, I'm uh, blinded by the lights. Yeah, like what are we? And I can't take We get a lot more pain for you to yeah, sort, sort of here. So I'll start off for in, in, in a fan-friendly guy. The Weeknd we has some good songs, too. Post Malone say that. with Circles. That's a great song. Okay. So we're starting I got into Post Malone during Home Entrapment. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one you may not know. Louis Capaldi's Someone You Loved. This was a very big Oh, yeah. That was a good song. song. Pretty decent song. Yeah. If I heard it, I would know it. Like a whiny Scottish guy. 
Um, he's actually really funny. If you heard him in interviews, he's very funny. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Scottish people have that unfair advantage of it just rains their a accent. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot to cry about up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, it's, it's going to get rougher for you here already. Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar. I don't... No connection to, to, to Harry Styles? I just don't like that song. Okay. I think he's a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks up marriages on purpose. Okay. Uh, you have nothing negative to say about this band, I'm sure. Uh, Maroon 5 with Memories. Oh, how's Memories go? I don't know if I know that song. Memories, memories, memories. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. So my wife was a dance teacher, and she had to teach from home on Zoom. Oh, so God. I would have to hide in the den while she taught in the living room. Yeah. And these are the songs. <laughs> That place. So all of these I remind me. I feel like I'm in Nomad Land. These remind me of trauma from COVID. All of them. Oh Dua Lipa is the, big, the biggest one. She's next. Dua I went Lipa. upstairs. I'm like, this is in excess. Dua Lipa, don't start now. She sam- she sampled Need You Tonight. Don't, don't, don't. Because I was like that alone. Yeah. Oh, that. It's that. I heard that. Uh, who could forget? I need you tonight. <laughs> who could forget the great Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion with WAP? That was 2020? It was. Wow, it was I thought indeed. it was later. And what does WAP stand for? What um, ass pussy? Drippin'. Okay. We have Making that uh, pull-out game weak. <laughs> little country love with Marin Morris with the bones. And then finally, Artie, I'll end on a positive note for you here. Billie Eilish with my favorite Billie Eilish song, I think. Everything I Wanted. Uh, Artie, you want to talk about... I had a dream. I had everything I wanted. Oh, I like that song. Yeah, it's a good one. I really like them, her and her Uh, brother. You were were raving about her the other day. This performance on the Grammys, did you watch that? Of What Was I Made For? I... I was I literally cried. I was watching her crying. I went up to my (laughs) wife to be like, did you see that? She was crying. It was really incredible. She... The two of them make all their music in their basement. Yeah. They also have that thing where they like hear colors. They're like oh, pitch God. perfect and hear colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have one of the sensory, yeah. dis- whatever the hell it's called. They I must be a blast to have a beer with. I mean, have you seen them? I hear, <laughs> I hear colors. <laughs> Phineas, did you hear that color? Phineas. Yes, That's Billy. I heard it, Billy. That's Billy. Uh, that was brown. Let's write a song about that green it. is a bit pitchy, Billy. That was brown. <laughs> Do you want to do the beige song? Yes, I love that one. Uh, They're British now. British Islands. Yes, from, <laughs> British. from, from the, the North Seas of Southern California. <laughs> Billy, uh, Billy, Billy, Oil, the, Billy Oilish. <laughs> Billy of the Southern Isles. <laughs> oh, Nomadland was directed and written by Chloe Zhao, produced by Francis McDormand and Chloe Zhao, based on a book by Jessica Brunner. It's featuring the music of Ludovico Nuandi. Sure. <laughs> Cinematography by Joshua James Richard. Film editing by Chloe Zhao herself. Very David Lean of her there. Uh, starring Francis McDormand, David Strathern, and a host of people playing versions of themselves, such as Linda May, Bob Wells, and Swanky. Nominated for six Oscars, the winner of three. It won Best Picture. It won Best Director. It won Best Actress, Francis McDormand. was also nominated for, but did not win, Best Adapted Screenplay. Film editing and best cinematography. It's a 7.3 on IMDb, not good enough to crack that top 250. 
Just a $5 million budget for this one. Uh, and it was the first IMAX release to win Best Picture. Huh. Grossed only 39.5 worldwide amidst the pandemic. Uh, now, we had said last episode that the lowest grossing Best Picture winner was Hurt Locker. Yeah. Actually, incorrect. It's, it's pre-pandemic. It's the, it's the you know worst because... Both Nomadland amidst the pandemic is no way it could gross much. And Coda didn't even go to theaters. Right. It was grossed like a million yeah, yeah. all overseas. Pre-pandemic, it, it is is the lowest. No, that's that's that's, that's that's a healthy that's a healthy distinction. Mm-hmm. Let's go here. I, I want to start with Frances McDormand. I think that's that's the good way to go. As we mentioned before, she's a producer on this. She's one of only seven. Well, at the time, she's one of seven. I think Will Smith has has since done it to produce and be nominated for an actor in the same movie. Okay. Right. And the other are all men. Warren Beatty did it for Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde, Heaven Can Wait, Reds, and Bugsy. Hmm. Kevin Costner did it for Dance of Wolves. Uh, Clint Eastwood did it for Unforgiven and Million Dollar Baby. Brad Pitt did it for Moneyball. Leo did it for Wolf of Wall Street. Bradley Cooper did it for American Sniper. And Star is Born. Uh, and now, again, uh, Maestro this year. Uh, Denzel did it for Fences. And then Will Smith uh, recently did it for King Richard. King Richard, right. Uh, so kind of really stomping some big boots around here. It's the, uh, the yeah. first ever woman producer to, to star in her own movie and be nominated Yeah, I mean, you, but you also, like, you look at it and you look at the movies that you just mentioned, like these huge, like, big budget affairs. And then you have this one. I feel like maybe, like, as of right now, that's the only one that a, like, a woman who wants to produce a movie and star in it, I feel like they have to do smaller things like this mm. you yeah. know they can't they can't they don't have the uh they can't do the big the big budget you know the big sprawling hollywood movies yeah mara robbie would be an example not that she got nominated for it but, right uh, yeah for barbie that's no it's very true i thought it was interesting because this movie has nine producers but it's not a crazy high budget so to me that says that there wasn't a lot of interest in getting this made. No, yeah. They needed people, like nine people, to come in, throw a little bit in to make a low-budget movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's then five million. Her, and then have Frances McDormand, you know, by being a producer, she's going to star in it, so... Well, mm. she she had definitely added some interest in it. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. Had, yeah. And, you know, it's good that 98% of the actors in this movie probably, <laughs> probably yeah. work for Sandwiches and Coors Lights. Literally, yeah. Yeah, and probably we're just happy to Propane. have their story told, you know, yeah. because or just be on be on the screen. You know, they used to just live, living in the van, living in the van, down, the van by the down by the river. We had to get at least at least one. I was thinking things. about it. Already, Francis McDormand in this in this film. Now, you know, you said maybe this didn't didn't really dig this movie so much, but talk a little bit about about her she's, uh, presence. In she's it. a world class actress. I mean, the whole movie is her. It's not her that's bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad, but it's it's not it's not her that I didn't like. She's good. She's really good at acting. Um, her character to me could have had more to. I know it sounds like a lot because she does emote so well in every scene she's in, but more like powerful scenes that made me connect to her a little more. I didn't really fully care. Mm. Yeah, uh, Grant. Uh, I think I think she's she's incredible in this, but. You know, really, what is she not incredible in? Yeah, I, I think her performance is very understated, but I think that lends itself to the character that she created, where she's such a headstrong and independent character. Of course, she wouldn't be, she wouldn't emote all that much. You know, you don't really, you see her like raise her voice once in the whole movie when when uh, oh. when the guy breaks her plate. Oh, God, gets me every time. <laughs> no, not the plates. <laughs> Autumn leaf. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and, and then when she's seeing the guy, the guy feed the alligator, it's like she starts screaming. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think part of part of her character, and I think what makes the character work for me in this movie is that it's not the typical person you see grieving. Mm. You know, it's kind of a different take on it, which is which is fresh, which is which I like. I did a little research into this because there's a lot of they just kind of portray as this alternative lifestyle. But these people have all dealt with trauma and are unable to cope with it. And Mm. as a result, basically just live idly. Yeah. You know, they say they're healing in nature, but they drive around in gas vehicles and use propane gas. They're not even making fire outside. Right. Like, they still have a carbon footprint. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just kind of driving around aimlessly and going in circles because well, they end up where they are at the end. She yeah. ends up where she is. There's, I guess this wasn't going to be a point I, I was going to say it for later, but I guess might as well do it now. The reason why, I, the way I feel anyway, the reason why she loves this nomadic lifestyle is because she wants to recapture that feeling of her house and empire that just looked out into the desert. Mm. Yeah. And when you're living in the desert, you have that. So it's kind of her way of like recapturing her previous life before her husband died. Mm -hmm. That's something that she needs to work on. And I think in the film, she does finally work on herself. And you know, the last scene is very cathartic for her going back to her hometown, Mm -hmm. things like that. She, she is dealing with some severe abandonment issues here, too. Oh, yeah. And her fear and reluctance to put her roots into a ground are related to literally her roots being ripped out of the ground for her. Her husband dying, her, her still attaching herself to the town, and the town literally closing down around her and giving yeah. her five months to leave. From that point forward, uh, someone who endures that with that type of personality is not going to allow herself to get close to anyone ever again, which is why all her interactions with David Strathern in this are so um, fascinating but frustrating to me because you just see every time, you know, this guy just wants to have a conversation with her. Just He, he just really adores her, yeah. and she's just quick to, uh, I got I to gotta move, I got to leave, I got to yeah. move, and, you know, her, her shoulders perk up and... It, it's um, it's such real acting. It's it's something you don't see in the movie in the movies a lot, but you see day to day. You see yeah, in real life sure. people who you know are like this, where they you know they're reluctant to have a conversation. They're awkward and then they walk away. Their interaction between the two of them is is just is a really fascinating part of this movie. I I feel like a lot of what I'm I'm going to be in today is is because I there's there's a lot of people who who really don't like this movie and this movie gets tagged as like the typical eye rolly Oscar movie. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, this one won the great. Here's another great, you know, great best picture winner here. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I really do see a ton of beauty in this movie, and um, not just in the portrayals of the people and and their issues and complexities already, as you're kind of saying, but how it contrasts to the landscape and to the feeling of what's next versus what you're leaving behind, and um, how they tackle possessions valuing your possessions and how that could be kind of seen as hoarding by some right and seen as possessing value to others one man's trash is another man's treasure sure um you know we're clearly dealing with some hoarders here uh the way to put it they don't you know they're living in such a small space and it's cluttered by all this stuff but i like how they, they they do a little bit of justice for the value someone can see in a possession and what it means you know for example when swanky is kind of getting ready to go on her trip 
to to essentially die up in Alaska. This is one of my favorite moments of the whole of the whole movie. She has her few things that she doesn't own anything. You know, all she has is her van and, and just a couple of these things. What right. is she leaving behind? She has her collection of rot and she just says, you know, yeah, I went on Facebook and I I, I posted it. I hope people come. I don't know that they will. And there's a pretty good turnout. And there's there's one where and this is this older lady, I think she's seventy five, I think she says she is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh you know, my grandmother made that for me. I hope you like it. She has this kind of half-broken little smile on it. That that little moment was so big for her, just to know that there's a little piece of what was left to her that she's leaving behind. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, just, it's a very final moment for her because she's essentially saying goodbye to everything that, you know, the people that she knows, really, she's saying goodbye to. Mm. And something like that where she's kind of having like one final sale, it's a cleanse in yeah. a way. This movie's loaded with emotionally powerful scenes. Mm. But that's there is some of that in there and Francis McDermott is a big part of that. I feel like the movie is plotless. I don't want to sound like we did on Hurt Locker, but <laughs> it's kind of like a just a character following like we just follow her through well, the yeah. events of her time after she goes off on her own. And I, she's so stubborn. She doesn't really change much, like the characters along the way. I, I I'm not crazy about the non-actors acting. Mm-hmm. You know, That's I didn't. There. I didn't think it was distracting or anything. But as the like two hours or you know what, an hour and a half in, we were cutting. To, it's still there's still there's so many of them that it gets to be a little distracting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I, you were watching it, you you were saying like, oh god, this this, this isn't an actor. This isn't an immediate. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, they got real nomadic people to do yeah. this immediately. Yeah. See, that wasn't a distraction for me. Um, I guess it helped. Like, like going in, I didn't know anything about the movie, and it was just kind of watching it. Yeah. And you could tell people were like unrecognizable and a little raw, but there. Yeah, I mean, there was there were some people that I think it worked really well with, and some people that it didn't. I agree um, with that. There's yeah. uh, Swanky was great, and uh, and Bob was great. Fantastic. Uh, every, everyone else wasn't great. Yeah, uh, I like I liked, uh, what is it, Linda? Linda. I yeah. liked her. I wasn't crazy about Linda. Um, but she's the dead giveaway that this isn't an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and then, like, and like the David and uh, Dave's son. So, is his, his real, real life, is his real life, life son. son. I'm like, all right. <laughs> he's, been in, he's been in other things, but I, it's, it's like, it's funny though. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, it should have been the son from they, River Wild. How did they get a guy? <laughs> how did they get a guy that looks exactly like a younger David Strather? I'm like, where did they find this? Yeah. Great casting. And then it's yeah. like, oh, it's his actual son. That makes right. sense. I looked him up too because I was like, is this a real guy? Yeah. Yeah. But like, every, like, I, 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 I print out the cast list and like everything is just like, Derek Enders as Derek, Patricia Greer as Patty, Angela Reyes as Angela, Car- Carl Hughes as Carl. Well, just even David of- Strathern as Dave. Yeah, I you know. know? And, so and I if know. you take Francis McDermott, Fern, you can make Fern, Fern, Fern out of yeah. like adjustment. So I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It is weird. It's a little bit weird. Unmovie like. It's like a little. Yeah, I don't and, know. You know, it, just, yeah. I'm, I'm also kind of consistently a little more forgiving of this type of stuff than you guys have been in the past. You know, even when they kind of find raw actors to play lighter roles, you know. This is a better version of non-actors acting than a lot of stuff we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Like this, it works yeah. a little better. But she also immersed herself in that lifestyle. Yeah, for well, weeks. What, uh, that's the next thing. What do you guys think about that? What do you think about like the method of it all? Like Chloe uh, Zhao living in a van and the cinematographer living in a van and every like all the actors living in vans. Did, did, did you feel that effect on it? Did you think that's necessary? I don't. I don't know if it is or isn't. 
Um, like if they stayed at a Ritz Carlton somewhere, would we know the difference? I don't know if we would or not. Well, Frances McDermott said at one point, she said, I was doing the whole sleeping in the van thing, and then it got to a point where it's a lot easier to act exhausted than to be exhausted. <laughs> so yeah, that's, like, that's, like, go think, sleep in a hotel, Frances. Yeah. Right. You're I, the I, producer. I heard someone say once, too, it's like, you know, when you're drunk acting, like, you'd think it would help to be really drunk. No. It's, but no, no. it's yeah. actually much better to because just you, act like you actually have to remember your lines. <laughs> yeah. um, like, I, I can understand, like, going out for a while, maybe, and, like, kind of getting a feel for the lifestyle or like the cinematographer and the, um, and the location scouts going out for like a week and kind of getting new locations, things like that. I don't know if they needed to stay out. I feel like that's just kind of a interview talking point. Yeah. A little sticky. I don't know. I, I, I think in order to get your head around something like this, you got to kind of do it. You know, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, but it, people do very people do movies that are not about things that they're used to. Yeah, but this they, is a, there are some severe subtleties to something like this. I mean, it's not to the degree of Platoon where you have to be in boot camp to understand what it's like to. But but I I think that just just to get a feel for how uncomfortable it can be, I, I think it'd be. I'm not oh, saying I, for the entire three months. Yeah, no, I understand. You should experience sleeping oh, in I, the van. I a couple think nights, I think you know? I think doing like ten days would be sufficient yeah you know what i mean i don't yeah. know i don't i don't think i don't think they need to do it for the whole time some of it feels like f- it's just footage of francis mcdermott getting to know people it kind of i, is. I feel that like is. What it i know is. and yeah. I, don't, I mean she I, actually worked for amazon but she actually worked as a that. beat farmer like oh, she did, God, did these Jesus things christ um <laughs> but isn't the whole point of acting to not work <laughs> yeah that's right daniel day McDermott. What do you? <laughs> well, they probably tried to get Daniel Day Lewis to play the David Strathern part. You know, yeah, right. he would have loved to nail and get him out of retirement. What do you think about my comment that it's plotless? My rocks, my rocks. I've um, abandoned my rocks. <laughs> I've abandoned my rocks. <laughs> I think, in a traditional sense, it is plotless. But now, this is a character study. Like this is we're following someone on a, on. Um, a, a dark section of their journey. This movie is very similar to Hurt Locker in a lot of ways. I I don't disagree. It's just like a, a like a following someone who doesn't really change much. I, uh, but the, I, the I think is, I think she does change, and I'll, and I'll, I'll look I, here and speak. Then I'll I'll speak to that. Right. Yeah, but I think that the main distinction between the two of those is, is is that one is set up with very distinct dramatic set pieces. That have beginnings and ends on a on li- on a literal time clock, you know, where the you know, like it's like they're they're like little mini episodes of twenty four going throughout. It's like thing. a musical number where this is just someone kind of going about their day in a, in a very matter of fact sort of way. I mean, I, I guess you could yeah. distinct some of these as set pieces, but I don't. I, I kind of view it as a day in the life. I don't um, mean necessarily the set pieces specifically. That's unique to Hurt Locker, but the. Just following someone who I'm interested to hear that you guys think she changed. I, I think I think this whole movie was it was like half about the nomad lifestyle, but I also think the other half was how people deal with grief and how people deal with loss. And you can kind of see her working through that, where she gets invited to stay at Dave's son's place and just just fucking bolts. Like and she refuses to get really any sort of major attachments with anybody then her then swanky dies and they're all doing the memorial service 
and she's talking to Bob, and she says, "No one really dies who's remembered, or so, you, you know, uh, whoever's remembered whoever, lives yeah. lives on." Yeah. And she says, "I've been doing too much remembering," and she's not living her life. And I think that kind of turned a corner for her. And she goes back to her home. She goes back to Empire. She goes to the factory. She goes. She looks at everything. And I think she was ready to not necessarily move on and like settle down with somebody, but she's at least ready to accept and to move on from her her husband's death. Yeah, and the key. That, and that's you know. It's but it's done very subtly. And it's open ended at the end. Well, oh, you don't know where she's going. Yeah. Well, this is one of the things that I like the most about this movie is its use of subtlety, and how man, a movie like this could just be so cemented in one specific way of thinking and tell you, hey, you know, these are the nomads and this is how you should feel about them. I don't really think that movie does that at all. I think it does a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, th- I think I think it's a little bit of these guys are on. I think it's a little bit of these guys are onto something. Yeah, okay, I don't get that That's, at all. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. That they're kind of glorifying this lifestyle. Meanwhile, a lot of these people are, have, you know, the alcoholics, you know, yeah. major mental health issues that... It's not that a lot of homeless people have not necessarily these nomadic people, but a lot of homeless people have financial means to live in homes Mm -hmm. and don't for emotional reasons or trauma or whatever, mental illness, don't want to. There is a chicken and the egg situation too, because there's also a lot of people who are forced out of their homes for this is a specific example, forced literally forced out of your town. Right. Sure, yeah. So there's you know, I don't think that there's any black or white way to address that. And I don't know that the movie Yeah, I I I think I think someone like Fern probably had options like linda did well, she clearly had options they show you her options throughout yeah but she's dealing with the grief the, oh yeah the whole, no, no, the whole yeah. nomad land end of it the nomads is a smoke screen for what the movie's trying to say i i, it, I agree the with movie that. is about grief and coping with grief and the inability to get past what's holding you back and and it's really summed up in the conversation you said um with bob there. With Bob, who just kills that conversation. By Amazing. The Destroys Amazing. in that conversation. And the evidence of her changes in the, the bookends of the movie at the storage facility. The yeah. very first thing we see is her... Okay. In literally the first shot of the movie is her getting the plates and then her grabbing... And this is why her, her rewatches hu- are her essential. Hu- her husband's... Because you'd never notice this when you first see the movie. Uniform. You don't know who yeah. you're dealing with or what you're dealing with or what you've been looking at. But she grabs her husband's jacket. Yeah. And she cries. Yeah. And we don't see her cry a whole lot in this thing. You know, that's one of the times you really, she's really letting loose some emotion. It's right there at the beginning of the movie. And what do we see at the end of the movie is... Getting rid of everything. She gets rid of everything. Yeah. She's moving on from the past. All right. She's heading out toward the future. Yeah. Says, Are you going to miss this stuff? She goes, nope, I'm good. You know, and yeah. whatever happens to it, happens to it. And she drives off into the horizon, so which is... She began the healing process. Yeah, that's... that's right. that's okay. Yeah, so and, the, I, I do think... I, I'm sorry. I'm just more of a pessimist. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the whole big thing about her backyard was we, we weren't fencing. Nothing was in our way. Right. And the final shot is her driving off to the same, the same sort of view. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's now in her way. I mean, that's what that's what she was. Right. That's that's a that's a great way to put it too. But like that was what she was searching for, was this you know was the was the view, but it wasn't really so much the view as it was a clear path. Right. And now she finally has a clear path. Yes. Yeah. And and that's what I like like is it is it much of a plot? No. It's not much of a plot, but there is something there and I okay. think that it is like what Kieran said this is it's a it's a movie about grief 
disguised as a movie about a lifestyle. And, you know, like allegorical type okay. of tales tend to be plot heavy. And so this is maybe maybe more metaphorical than allegorical. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I really don't think it's that much about the nomadic lifestyle as, as you think. And, and another example, too, is the encounter she has with the guy with the lighter. Okay. Derek. Um, yeah, and the first time you see him, it's, you see him, he's a bum, right? He's, he's he, just, he, he, he looks, bums up the lighter, he, he t- <laughs> bums the smoke, takes the lighter, and yeah. gone. He looks like the Schofield kid. Yes. Then when we meet him the second time, we hear his backstory, and she's starting to break down, you know, what do your parents think? What are your... Yeah, do you, you have, have a girlfriend. A, you have yeah. a girl out there. And it, as, a, as a viewer, you watch and you go, well, what about you, Fern? Yeah, you, know, exactly, you can yeah. sit there in this kind of motherly sort of role with this kid, and not, not lecture him, but kind of help him a little li- bit. Literally wax poetic. Yeah. yeah. What are the people? What do the people think about you? And that's kind of that's what starts to move in it, her in a certain direction. No, that's before she's going to go live with with Dave and them. That's before that, she, right? She yeah. gives a shot at it because the car the car breaks down, and that's it, right. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's owned a, a car on its last uh, days, car you care about on its last days, those are tough, uh, <laughs> tough types of cars. Well, especially if you to... fucking live in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a lot different. Uh, I remember my truck, uh, ha- having those conversations. You had a, you no, had I didn't a... live in my truck, but... Uh... No. You had a tough time with that, though. That was that was your baby. Yeah, yeah, it was. But, you know, I just, I loved the, the, the part of the conversation where it was like, you know, they're telling her how much it's worth. Yeah. And she's like... Well, you know, I actually did a lot of work on the inside, and uh, you know, you know, people don't really know what it's worth. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they'll tell I, you what these that, numbers. That part was really great because she was like, she was trying to, but it, it almost came from a place of like shame from her a little bit. Like it's almost she, like addiction. Like well, she, she was can't like, can't get go, let go of it. She was like trying to explain the value of the car, and then she's just like, I live in it. Like yeah. it, it, she was like trying to like come up with a way of like. Saying in a like saying in a more nuanced way why it's valuable to her, and she's just like I live in that car. And like, then let's go back to an earlier scene where she's she's talking to Linda and she's mm-hmm. showing her, you know, I I built this cabinet out of my husband's fishing, fishing box. box. Yeah, you know, and that sort of thing is impossible to describe the value of because it's it's multi layered in the yeah, sense sure. of yes, okay, it's a stupid handmade possession. But it's something that belongs to it's her sen- husband. It's sentimental. It's it's sentimental. It's something that it was a big part of his life, and now is she's woven it into a necessity in her life. Yeah. But it's also handcrafted. You know, you've you've right. created something that's that provides uh, a function for you, and in a, in a living area. So, so the the guy at the chop shop's gonna be like, that's a that's a fucking piece of wood. Yeah. You know, and 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 the the reality behind it from there. Yeah, it's well. I mean, that's the thing with all of these, all these people with their, their modified, their modified trailer, you know, their modified trailers or modified vans, whatever. It's just I don't know. It's it's this lifestyle just seems so unappealing to me. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I and I I don't know if that's part of it either. Like when I see when I see the people living this way, I'm like. I don't really ad- admire it. I, I, it's just not, it's just not for me. And it may, maybe that was part of why, like I had trouble connecting to a lot of it. Cause I just like, don't give it. I just didn't care. Well, it's kind of how I felt. I, I don't, I don't 
I get it was about grief, but like this is a very. I felt like it was a very. God, I, I sound so shallow. It it <laughs> it just seems like a very long winded way and overly stylistic way of discussing that, like mm. being subtle. You know, maybe a little too subtle. Like, I, fair, I, I do. I do think this movie is a little bit too underhanded at times. A little too subtle at times. Say something. You know, not even like a message or something, but you know. I don't know. The scenes that really matter are like that scene with Bob at the end. Yeah. Bill or Bob? Bob. That is out of nowhere, and it just happens, and the two of them have a great conversation, and that's awesome. They're, we needed more of that. The last 15 yeah. minutes, I literally got to the last 15 minutes and went, a lot has to happen in this 15 minutes, <laughs> and I part of me wishes she threw herself off those cliffs. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought she was gonna, and I was like, this is going to be an amazing ending. Not necessarily yeah. watching her do that, but like showing the cliffs then with no one there. Mm. That would have been, I would have been like, oh, cool, this movie's awesome, but no. There, there are a few, there like are a said, few times. pessimist. There are a few times where the, the, I think the, the she has conversations that are telling. Uh, I think the conversation with her sister is very telling, um, where you, you get the sense that even before. Her husband died. She was still very much this way. Yeah. And she left home way too early and she kind of left her sister in a lurch. And who knows what the home, what their home life was like. Well, the sister said you married him after only knowing him a few months. You just like ran away immediately. Basically. She was always on her way, like onward, upward and onward. And when someone, when someone like that or someone who has a disposition like that suffers that level of abandonment. Yeah. It can be very, very severe. Oh, it's debilitating. Um, yeah. So, uh, when they're just talking about her sticking around the town after her husband left, this was my community, and then she worked as a tutor and a substitute teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's a very, very damaged person. Well, the, the reasoning behind her staying was interesting, which is like, because Bo didn't really have a family, they didn't have any kids, so like, if she leaves Empire, that's it for Bo, which is not true. Mm-hmm. But in her mind, it was. Yeah, yeah. Which, I just love which, the which idea. is the which is the exact opposite of what what she's doing now. It's just very interesting. You already brought up the speech by Bob, but you know the the idea of him saying, you know, you'll I'll see my son someday. You'll see your husband someday. Yeah. And when you do, remember with him then, you know. And then he doesn't. Then he doesn't say the next time. The next time is, but now you got to live. Yeah. You got to use the time you have, and that was the point of. Um, our friend Swanky is right. value your time here. You know, this is value every day because it's, we're running it's out. We're, we're, the yeah. anecdote about the boat in the, uh, the boat, the boat in the driveway. driveway. That's a great quote. Know, um, I think, yeah, that's died before he ever got to take his boat out of his, out of his driveway. Yeah. And she's not making the most of her day to day as she's doing oh. this year. She's she may be independent, but she's of her day to day. Yeah. She's not living for herself. She's just Surviving, she's living, surviving, she's literally just idly yeah. rolling around. What did you make of the New Year stuff? It's, it was it one of those things where it just kind of like that's a great way to show you how much time has passed. You go from New Year to New Year, or that's what I'm. They thinking. didn't need that though because of the Amazon stuff. Uh, I I disagree with that because that like didn't, that didn't convey to me it's been a year. To work at Christmas time? Yeah, but they weren't very specific that it was Christmas time. Playing Christmas music? No, in the beginning, but not the second time around. Second time it's silent. She's just walking through. Yeah, so maybe I, I thought some, that was established. Maybe but... I see. Like that's the thing when I said like this movie could tell you more. There's just a lot of things that just kind of happen, well, and happy, you don't really. 
I think the point of the New Year's is like they were talking about the circle before the wedding ring being a right, circle. new beginnings. So like, but also yeah. like she already did New Year last year at the same exact lot. Mm-hmm. So like all that happened in that year, she's in that same yes, lot yep. doing the same shit. Like, Time see, is a flat circle. There it is. There Back it is. in a circle. Yep. It's Time also is a just flat circle. Very very lonely too. You know, I mean, that's, it's a it's a well, but like this movie she, tries to make you sad. She tries, but like she goes out of her way to be lonely. Mm-hmm. She could have stayed with Dave. Yeah. And she chose not to. She she bolted. And why she, why do you think that is? Because well, first of all, she's not over her husband, right? Which is a huge part of it, and that's and that's legitimate. I, yeah, like she's afraid of getting hurt again. She sees that Dave is re- reconnecting with his son. They're playing music. I love that scene by the way, where they're playing the piano. Oh, great. And she's uh, watching through the Oh, stairs. fucking love the music really in this scene. in this movie's great. Yeah, yes, I know you guys are not is. predisposed to country music, but Oh, I, well, I, uh, there, I, I had some I had some issues. Uh <laughs> the uh, no, but like but it's like she sees that and she's like like that's great for Dave. I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Or she's or not it's just in yeah, way, I, 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 I don't even stairs. I don't even think it's I'm not ready for that because I don't even think she was that self aware yet. It was more like I don't want any part of this. I because, I, I think she is only comfortable in her van. Yeah, and good. like she was there and was working, that one night where working. she's sleeping and then she has to leave the house and go outside to her van and then she's like, <sighs> yeah, like she gets peace from being in that van. I know. Well, that's so yeah, the a, house it's is a, it's, like, a, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, it's her safety blanket. When she, she's having the conversation with a woman about the circle and yeah. the ring, and she, and she's like, "I can never, I can't, I can never take this ring off." Well, they say, "Are you married?" She goes, "Yes." Oh, what's your husband? Well, well yeah, she's like, died. "Yes, but he died." And yeah, so you like, wouldn't normally word it that way. You would say, "I was," if you yeah. were fully grieved and coped, right? But she's still in there, so she's like, "Yeah, yeah I am married." Uh, you might not be wearing the ring currently. if you were fully grieved and coped too, though. You know, so you may or may not. I mean, so there's, I think there's a lot of ways to answer that question there's a lot of ways to oh yeah 100 uh, yeah, percent. yeah um but like you can tell she's not fully over oh, it but yeah, there's no that's that's the yeah. that's the scene but there was uh we talked about the van when she goes to dave's family's house i don't know if it was her son but it was another guy there it's like oh i would love to see the van and i think it was the son's boyfriend no he's married i think it was the other he's son. married to Ed. oh the other son yeah. okay yeah and uh and she said oh i'll um I'll have to introduce you at another time. You don't say that about a van. Right. You don't introduce someone to a van. Right. To her, like the van is an organism. She humanized that. it. I yeah. That line. She's, yeah, she's like, humanized. Yeah. Like you, you say like, oh, I'll show you. I can show you like, you know, another time. I'll introduce you. Yeah. Like it's not a, but like she views it as an organism. Like it is a it has so sustainable much, thing. It has Vanguard. so much. It has so Vanguard. much life. It has so much life to it. It's yeah. not just an and object. She, yeah, that's like hoarders. Hoard, well, the, that's the thing. Everything has like an emotional value. Hoarders. It's like this Seven Eleven cup. She's like, oh my my brother in law had that last month, and they're like, okay, it's garbage. It's a Seven Eleven <laughs> cup. Yeah. It doesn't matter who had it when. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, no, it's very much like that. No, there's there's they're definitely dancing around hoarding quite a bit in this film. It's to that final shot or dancing they're, they're, they're big... stomping on it's it. essentially yeah. mobile hoarding i mean there this isn't grief this is a more advanced version of grief where you literally trauma trauma grief but this is like it well, shouldn't it's... last a decade it shouldn't last well, this is a a year after but that's still a long time oh i just want to establish the time frame it's a year after the the town closed down yeah, Empire 2008. Closed in, 2011. in real life it was 2008 wasn't it yeah, in the movie in the 2011, it closed down. Yeah, and, and then she 20, said about yeah, a year ago at the end. 2012, 
Yeah, I think... Um, well, they say it takes 24 years for the light to get from you from Vega, and that would have been 1987. Eight, yeah. So, so 87 to 14 is... Uh, 87 to 24 is... 2012. 14, right? I don't know. I, I, I don't do math. 11. 2011. <laughs> it's 2011. It's 2011. I'm paid to write songs, not do math. <laughs> um, I'm not Grant, paid at all. I'm paid at all. <laughs> so I'm going to become the host for a second here. Yeah. The score. Um, uh, you loved the fucking score. Oh, I thought you said you had issues with it. No. Oh. No, loved it. Then I'm not going to become the host. <laughs> I really liked the score, too. At times, it... You know, it borderline felt a little like manipulative. Like I'm just looking at a landscape, and it's like, be sad. Okay, you know, <laughs> fine. But this is this is contemplating music. But that works in this movie. Yeah. It, it was that is tastefully it's done music, and and the sound over the scenery is good because you know there's not a lot of sound when the they're walking around and talking. I, it's, there's I an absence just, of score. See, like, but there is great sound design in this, though. This uh, yes. sound design is awesome. Yes. Uh, no, the score I, I I fell in love with. I feel like I feel like the score really carries the movie. It's chill because the movie. I mean, the with another score. If Trevor say, Rabin say, did the score, <laughs> say what you will. Say what you will. If Puddle of Mud did the score, but that's, no, um, oh no. Like I, I I think this movie. I know this movie's dull to a lot of people, but like I think the I think the music really carries. Carries this movie. I think it ties it together. So yeah, I'm I'm guessing that the score was not eligible. Um, it might have been too short. No, I think, I think he it used was stuff previously. in previous. Oh, it was yeah. because Fucking it's in thief. the in he, the credits. It's it's cited as featuring the music of Ludovico and Yadi. Yeah. Oh, so, so he wrote it beforehand. So I'm guessing that they found it and used it's it. Like, which, uh, like, uh, which it's I'm, like, I'm fully good for. It's I like, like that. it's like the Exorcist theme, where like Tubular Bells was written not for the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I was thinking it was it more was... like Johnny Greenwood, where he he made some music for this, but he already had one piece he used that was from a previous piece Lee, of art. Oh, Lee Greenwood. Know. The no, the guy from There Will Be Blood. Oh, not the, the, not the guitarist the, 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 from Radiohead. Radiohead. Not the singer. That whole score is original, except for one thing he used in something a while back, so he couldn't be nominated for original score. Not the the singer of I'm proud. God to bless be the USA. God bless the USA. <laughs> is that a band? Lee, <laughs> Lee Green was a popular in the '70s. You came out and sang sang the song at the uh, 2001 you, you would, World Series. You would know it already, and you would you would hate it. Huh. <laughs> it's not not exactly your genre. No, uh, <laughs> the subgenre of patriotic country. Grant, you, you mentioned the sound design. Yes, sir. There's a very cool touch that I just, I don't, I was racking my brain. I don't know that I've seen something quite like it in, in other movies. That slow piano score is is lingering, doing its thing. And we zoom to the guys uh, playing kind of campfire country, back of the, the truck. The, the guys in their sublime shirts and their Hurley shirts? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know who that is, right? Uh, no. That's Bo. Oh, was it Bo? Okay. That was her reminiscing about Bo, and that was him playing guitar. That's the picture she looked at earlier oh, in the movie. Oh, wow. I didn't That's catch that. That's Bo playing guitar with his friends in the middle of nowhere, just drinking beer. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Huh. Um, it's the same that. guy from the picture as she's talking about him. Oh. They show that, yes. Okay. okay. So I missed that. But what I did like with the sound design there is as they're singing and playing, the score plays over them playing. So you get two conflicting oh, that's so hard. songs going. Um, yeah, so you, good. you get the, uh, <laughs> but like it, it kind of, but it's funny because like they kind of trade off where the score is playing, and then as it gets closer to the musicians, the, the score gets lowered, and then it comes and then it slowly comes back, comes back up again. Yeah, it's good. And there's a juxtaposition because one is kind of like a happy 
country drinking song, and the right. other is just a, a somber funeral somber music. Pia- somber piano. God, that is yeah. so good. That uh-huh. is like that's, good. Um, that's great sound editing. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and it's just I just don't recall that in many movies before we playing two two things at once like that. I'm sure it's been done, but I just can't yeah. think of any as I was watching it today. Um, I really like this movie, guys. <laughs> That's that's fine. Like, I, listen, I, I, I I've, I've been in these before here where I'm where I'm kind of on an island, and I just want it to be known that I you know I I listen. I don't think it's bad. I don't I don't, I don't like it. In I don't I don't fault people for liking this movie. Uh, I I talked I talked a little bit. I was because I was trying to wrap my my head around this movie because I, I watched it last night and this morning, and I was trying to wrap my hand around it because I really didn't know how I felt about it. So I I. I texted uh joey and greg and they're two com- they're two diametrically opposed when it came to this movie uh oz hates it and joey joey thought it's great and it was and like they were they were both like giving their points i'm like yeah no oz has a point there and he's like yeah joey has a point there like they're both this is what's confusing about this movie because like I understand both points of why they like or dislike this movie. It, I just kind of sit in the middle of it. I have a a, a, a thesis on that, okay. a, a hypothesis. Sure. I think it's a good movie that I just don't like. Like I don't. Have, I'm not sitting here bashing it over. Like I don't have a ton to bash. Right. I just and I know it's well made. I just don't really like it. Like, you just didn't the, connect to I'm, it. Yeah, I like. Well, I, it's very depressing. It's that's uh, a great segue. Here there's a little okay in starting this season. This is something I want to kind of want to do a little more of, um, and you know, starting a new year is uh, is no better time. And and I want to ask each person a question. Oh boy! With a follow up question each time we do one of these. So and two questions. You guys have both already answered. The, well, no, it's only the second part only comes if you answer a certain way. And you guys have both answered this question already but we'll put it to you anyway is did this movie connect with you no and the answer with Artie is you pretty much just said is no some and scenes did but as a whole no I think the grief the grief part did mm-hmm. I think I, I, I so there was a there was a part I, of the movie that connected I related to that the the, the nomadic stuff I just didn't care about mm-hmm. there are some things too um, everyone grieves differently mm-hmm. and sure I don't grieve the way any of these people grieve and it, I'm just I'm not able to relate to it. That's probably healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. I have one I good mean, not, thing. Listen, I have one good no... thing going. This yeah. my able to ability to grieve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'm, I'm this I'm the same I'm the same way. Yeah, and, and the follow up yeah. question is 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 how and what elements related to the themes and and you've kind of answered that there with with the grief the grief aspect of it. I think yeah. there are points of this movie that are unnecessary but i do think that when they tackle those issues the issues of grief and grieving there is a catharsis there and i think that it is a a good look a good look at it although i don't know if you know obviously not everyone grieves that's the same way but it is something that you know if you're going through something or you're you're you lost somebody or you feel alone i think there are things in this movie that you could connect to yeah and i i don't Oh, I don't know that everyone in this movie all grieves the same way. You well, know, no, but, uh, but like, um, but, you, but you look. Not, at, I'm not saying you're, you're saying that, but I'm, yeah. I'm saying like, like Fern grieves differently than Swanky. Um, yeah, and or, grieves or differently Bob. than than Dave. Grieves yeah. differently than Bob. Yeah. You know, and he, you know, he Bob's way of grief is kind of more through motivation and, and helping others. Yeah, helping others and finding a way through it. Um, 
I don't think all of these people's personal life situations are related to their grief. I'm sure um, there are some some common qualities that they share psychologically mm-hmm. that have brought them to this. Yeah, but I think a lot of them are are kind of have been put in a situation where they're kind of without a house and home, and this is a this is a community that allows for them to to um, have a, a means for living. And I thought they tried to address that with some of the financial issues. Uh, but yeah, what, what were you going to say? So you asked Grant what parts of this he could relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to laugh at this, and then you're going to not be surprised at all. Okay. I can relate to being in my car most of the time and having no money. Because that's what <laughs> I did in college <laughs> yeah. for four years. I yeah, It's basically what I did. You spent some time in my car with yes. me when I was driving yeah, you around. Were, you were doing your own little nomad lad thing. I, Outside of the sleeping aspect. Um, but, and, and you know what? There was a scene where she bundled up with like four comforters. And I was like, ooh, I wish I had a little van in high school. That would have been nice. <laughs> Really? No, that's serious. Like, yeah, I no, really... you were. Yeah. So maybe you just blocked that out. That's why you were unable to connect with the My brain <laughs> the has been, I've been trying to recall parts of this movie on the way here, thinking about it. My brain's actively shutting it out of my mind. It's like, <laughs> right, it is right. a trauma. Because you, yeah, you have conquered this aspect of your life and you don't want to be brought back into it. Yeah. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> good luck, Francis. <laughs> Watch your step on those cliffs. <laughs> I have spilled a pan of grease in my car and dealt with ants, quote unquote. Uh <laughs> So one time I worked at a deli and I they asked me to cater, like drive food to a party. Yeah. And they put it on like dinky baking sheets. It was like a huge thing of chicken teriyaki. All the sauce. Oh, I had cloth God. seats in a this tiny August, little geo prism. Middle no, 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 of summer. August. Uh, all the teriyaki sauce went into the crack of my cloth seat and I just didn't really clean it. I lived with it. Yeah. And I, Kieran, I picked Kieran up once. He got in my car, sat down, shut the door and went... And had to open the door and get out. He was he was dry heaving on the lawn. One of the most rancid smells. He's like, we can't go in your car. I was like, we'll open the windows. I had like two ear infections (laughs) (laughs) from like the the bacteria in there. That's fake, but it's funny. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, so that's I I can relate to treating my car like a home. I really can. I I I didn't sleep in it like here and said, "Ooh, I did actually." Oh Oh, boy, I used to to drive to Atlantic City and play poker. And I'd spend five, six hours playing, and then I'd just go sleep in my car instead of getting a hotel room and go back in. We should have filmed you and won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mad, we had this Mad land. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so this, this movie obviously connects with me uh, quite a bit. And, and the grief end of it, um, Grant, I, I would agree, would probably be the number one spot. Yeah. Um, I just, I like internal struggle movies i like movies about uh, about the internal struggle particularly of of just the average human being right it fascinates me it brings me into the world i was talking with someone the other week and you know we were just more or less just talking shooting the shooting the breeze as we got a little deeper into it it was just you know kind of the idea that everyone in this room here we were in a larger restaurant everyone in this room here is fighting their own battle they all have their own their own psychological struggle going on sure. they're all financial struggle going on. They're all real life struggle going on. Of course. And no one else in the room is really that honed in on anyone else's, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the closer certain people are, they are. But those internal battles exist through all walks of life. doesn't matter whether you're, you know, living in a penthouse in New York City or you're living in a van uh, out in the Badlands. Down by the river. You missed your chance. <laughs> Fucking, you whiffed on a soft toss. Glad I got one and got in one early. Um, I like a piece of art that explores that. It loses that when it becomes too pretentious. 
to me, and this movie never gets there. I can see how it might for some, um, but I don't view this movie as up its own ass or pretentious or or pushy or um, trying to take a side on an issue. I don't I don't find that with this film. I don't get those vibes either. Yeah, yeah and that's kind of why I like it. It's 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 also kind of like a scenic hang. So I, I like that. Too, I you know? I normally I normally do like that. I felt this was a little overly stylistic. Hmm. Like a little too much, like you're just zooming in on a cactus. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's, we're just showing scenery. It did, it, it did feel like a nature documentary. Yeah like, yeah. like, yeah, you're spending all this time in a van and whatnot, and you're getting every shot you can. And then Chloe is the editor, so she goes in and edits the whole thing together mm-hmm. with the shots she likes the best. It's also, she, her, I forget the guy's name, her um, mentor was the guy who did Tree of Life. Yeah, Terrence Malick. Yes. And he was very big on like having a ton of nature in shots. Well, Tree of like Life that. is a lot of that too. And yeah. she, and I, I felt like she was trying to like do that oh, too. This definite, but definitely Malik Malik. It was yeah. It and, was it was showing like the juxtaposition of nature and this light, this other life that she's living and all. Yeah. And they and it's it had Sergio Leone vibes because they're doing wide landscapes and then they're doing really close close ups of your face talking mm-hmm. and that didn't work the same as it does in a Sergio Leone movie. I know it's a spaghetti western, but still. <laughs> I just I there that contrast usually I like a lot in mm. movies and it didn't do anything for me in this one really. Yeah. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by the cinematography. I, I, Is that okay? Listen, didn't like, win. Yeah, I, I was yeah, a little I underwhelmed. It must was have pretty. Mank. It was pretty. <laughs> well, that's, oh, it's criminal. <laughs> it's criminal. Uh, you know, I I I do understand. I do understand what you mean a little bit. You think in a movie that has this sandbox to play in, it would have been out of this world, right? And I, I think there are points where it is. I think there are some really great shots in there. The, the the tracking shot with her walking through the camp was really great. Yeah, like the long shot. Um, a few of her driving is really great, but like I, I do. I think the cinematography is great in this. Um, but I do understand. I I think it might be the I think it might be the tones, like the color tones of it. It just it like, is, it's very it is dim, very dim, very muted. It feels like they used like whatever the light was that day is kind of how they lit that. Uh, it scene. seemed like a lot of it was like dusk lighting. was dusk. You know, yeah. maybe they filmed it on uh, David Strathairn's flip flip phone. <laughs> um, um, it's amazing. Uh, all going through all the talking about internal struggles it really reminded me when they were going through all the nomadic people and their situations of <laughs> the bartending <laughs> just talking to people who sit at the bar and talk about their day-to-day life and might let you in on something yeah like an internal struggle that they don't have anyone else to talk to about but a bartender is a confidant yeah. and it's the guy getting you your drinks and i that it felt a little like that being introduced to all the nomadic people. Like it was I, basically, I'm just saying everyone at the bar is mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that, I mean, those nomadic people, they're delivering fictional scripts though. They're not actually telling their story. I don't know. Mm, no, I'm, it's based on a book and those are the people. Like they tried to get as many people from the book. The specific people in the I, book. I read though. they did. That they tried that to right? get as many people hmm. that were actually, because the, they're still doing that. Yeah. So they weren't hard to find. Yeah. I that's what I read is that the, she used people that were really from the book. Maybe not all of them. Yeah. Yeah, the no, uh, the the note that I read is is that they were 
actual people playing fictional versions of themselves. Okay, I don't um, know, but yeah, I'm sure. I'm it sure. Some like of that they were just is... that, that guy talking about his son is real. That's real. He's not acting. That not that's Bob. Probably, acting. Yeah, that's probably that's real. Bob telling his story, and that is one clip that they cut to. I think three times in the movie, but definitely twice because it's early on in the movie. Yes, yeah, the same conversation, and they cut back to the same conversation. So mm-hmm. it's it's literally that same clip, you know. Yeah. Sure they didn't do multiple where, takes. Where he talk, where he talks to, he's talking to her in the beginning. Yeah. Where, at, when he, when she first shows up at this. about why she should be there. Yeah, yeah. What he does. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. Um, a, a, a real great a little example of filmmaking that I like to like. We, when we, I mean, the swanky speech is killer. Talking about the Sergio Leone close-ups, you know, uh, um, right. She's up in the, there. she's the first one I yeah. noticed it. Yeah. Um, her uh, heading to Alaska. There was some good good times there. Good the memories. Swallows there. and yeah, uh, love that. You know, I could, I could cancel my Hulu account today, though, because there's a commercial placed right in the middle of that speech, Ooh. right in the middle of the speech, and it's like you got, you got to be kidding me. That's you smart. Know? I know you're attentive. Yeah. So I mean, this is probably what I'll have to go out and get a get a 4K <laughs> I, I, of. Or... I, I rent it on Amazon. So That's what I did. Yeah. Smart because I love it because I'll order it downstairs and then I'll hear upstairs. What'd you just buy for four dollars? <laughs> because my wife's card's linked to the Amazon. <laughs> okay, so after we kind of say goodbye to Swanky, she drives off down down the proverbial road. We go right to our old guy on the piano, who's kind of doing the talk singing thing. Yeah, Grant's uh, making the face like he wasn't feeling that. I didn't like that. The uh, uh. The, hill, the hillbilly crip keeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! See now, so this is a perfect example. I, I had this as a note. Is is this this shot right here? This is going to be the kind of thing that loses some and draws others in. And I'm the person that gets drawn in on that. And I know Oz is at home saying, "Who the hell's this guy?" I want to say something that was very heavy-handed in this movie is the use of poems and lyrics from songs to kind this, of convey metaphor, like that, you know, in a slap guy, you in the face kind that of. That guy was. That guy was literally looking into the camera. He was looking yeah. down the lens saying, this song is about people dying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I loved it. Um, and <laughs> and the transition out of that into her walking through the abandoned road. Factory. Oh, the road. Straight into that shot of the van going to down that real enclosed I love that shot. Into the into the next kind of nature, the, the really narrow cave. Yeah. I loved that shot. So I I thought it was a real transitional part of the movie, and it was done in a very. I just way. I, that was so it was so it was so blatant. I didn't think in, in a movie that we said like it could use a little bit more explanation. That was too much explanation. Don't go that far. Like, I kind of viewed it like that. a little intermission. You know, a little. I just uh, uh, a little. But it's just like, like we, you, you just, yeah, a little ditty. You just, I love it. Like we just had like this really, this really great scene of her friend talking about like, like I'm going to go to Alaska, and if I don't die on my own, I'm going to do an assisted suicide thing with you know Dr. Kavorkian's book. Like we understand what what's happening. We don't need we don't need this guy singing like the blues like a blues song. About I viewed it, it as a tonal shift and. Yeah, but it was like thirty seconds. Yeah, it was ineffective to me. It was a distracting, awkward scene. I was like, "What is this?" And then they yeah. went back to the movie. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic. It was. It was almost like. And a, I, I wrote it in as a polarizing note. As a this is. Oh, you're right. Is, <laughs> when a movie like this, you have a good read on that. Some love and some don't. This is going to be one of those because I love the scene and I bet you Oz is at home hating the scene. So it was. It was like it was like in like the Shakespeare where they have like the chorus 
or the, the Greek tragedies where they have like the chorus yep. explaining to I it. I think that's exactly uh, what it was. Uh, yeah, but it, so, um, it didn't work for me. Do you mind if I just go to my scene of the movie now? Because we're talking, I don't have a lot here. This is a this is a good one. Sure. All right. The barbecue scene after she can't get the money from her sister. Yeah. On the phone, and she goes to the barbecue. That really felt like if I was at a family barbecue and like the cousin who's been homeless for three years showed up and didn't know how to behave. It it felt so real, and then. Um, but at the same time, it was so cringy, and like I was just yeah. like, you should have just wired her to the twenty three hundred dollars. Like you don't <laughs> want her coming to your house. It's fucking sketchy, sketchy. When, when, when she snapped at her friend, <laughs> she is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have to disagree with you. It's like these guys are what, in finance and you're homeless, and you're, yeah, you're commenting on the real estate market. But like, like, what, but, like, what are we but talking when, about? When, here? But when her friend was like. But, you know, not everyone has the opportunity to, like, just chuck everything. And she's like, oh, is that what I'm doing? I'm chucking everything? Yeah, but great scene. Great oh, scene. Oh, it's very it's realistic the most scene. realistic and scene I've very seen realistic. in a movie. And this really. is my example of the movie not taking sides. Because both both sides pretty clearly expressed how they felt about their active situation. Yeah. It was very real. It's, something, it's a conversation you'd see in, in someone's actual backyard. Um, I yeah. said it's the most realistic scene, like probably in yeah. I could think of in a movie that really felt like a homeless person at a family barbecue, and the actors felt uh, none of them are recognizable, so it really works. That yeah. works. Yeah, that, there was that, an edge. There was an edge, and I feel scene. like they were actors. They weren't just well, random that, people. Well, the, the sister was Frances McDormand's friend from college. Oh, Dolly. I, I I think that's what that's what I heard. I liked her as a character. I liked her too. I thought you did. And a she good had job. the strongest lines I personally thought for having I, the I shortest loved, amount of lines. I loved the lines. scene with her with her and her sister. M- me the, too. In the bedroom, that was great. Well, well, Dolly, I think you're being a bitch. I love that line. <laughs> and, and the line before that is, "I'm not being stubborn." And I think yeah, you're being a bitch. She is being stubborn. Yeah. She is stubborn. Yeah, yeah. she's so very what, stubborn. Then she, then she eventually acquiesces and goes there. Like, if you want to get this twenty three hundred dollars, you got to come to a barbecue at my house. You got to earn it, baby. Should have just sent that money. <laughs> just wire it. Yeah. Another beautiful scene. It isn't my favorite scene in the movie, but but that I I, I just really loved was um, her and Stray Thurm with the baby, kind of sitting on the floor, and him. For once, the first time in the movie, he's not enamored with her. He's enamored with the grandson. That was and great. That's his focus. That was great grandfather acting. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. great grandfather acting. Well, he's he David Strathairn. He's like, oh, no, I know. He's American. He's a grandson. He's a, probably son, is. You know, yeah. but like, the, like, just like these, like, oh, you don't want to lay this way. You want to, you want to go in this way. Like, yeah. that's so perfect. Yeah. And, and you, then you her, love those Jaws like scenes too. Oh, though, it's, yeah. it's those, it's those little human touches, baby. <laughs> a very sad scene too is her with the baby's hand mm-hmm. in her hand, and she's just like basically coming to grips with the fact she's like i can't connect to this mm. like i don't connect to this and that to me i got that from yeah, her that's don't, really don't good yeah don't don't leave yeah and yeah. even then she's looking at the hand she's like this should be beautiful to me but it's not doing anything and then some of the next day she wakes up and sees the toys around she's like i gotta get out of here yeah yeah see i saw this one twice in 2020 i saw it in the theaters and then uh steve b was watching Okay, and I just kind of like walked past the TV and was like, "Oh," and got yeah, yeah, sucked yeah. into it. For sure, and that was the scene that stood out to me the second time. I'm like, "Oh man, this it's, movie—it's hard. It's heartbreaking. Gets me." The, to and, my two of my favorite scenes are the barbecue scene and that scene. Yeah, yeah, and and when she says like, "Oh, you you have a flat in your van," he's like, "Oh, really?" Like, like he's he's completely 
abandon that lifestyle. And she goes, that means you're staying. For the first time in the movie, too, he's not like, hey, hey, what, you know, hey, Fern, how you doing? Fern, can yeah. I do this, this? And back to addiction, when she, when he's like, uh, oh, I didn't even notice. She's like, so you're staying. That means like, because you're not paying attention to the van, you must not be going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, and right. when he's the like, flat. yeah, I think I'm going to stay. That's like when you tell your drinking buddy, hey, I'm giving up drinking. <laughs> they're yeah. like, what the fuck? You, you're, that's great. Good for you. It's but like, like inside, they're like, come on. It's like, I'm not going to the bar. Oh, so you're sober. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Wednesday poker nights, uh, you know, um, Dolly wants me to, uh, that's our cooking class night now. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems like a really nice Thanksgiving. Like it just, but like Mm. all that stuff to her, it's like, it's like the last thing she wants in the world at that point. She's not able to physically, mentally adapt into that comfortable and healthy environment. Yeah, Yeah. she's not able. Um, I want to point out the astronomy scene. I thought that was great. I knew knew, that that had already be underlined. We're all stardust. (laughs) Anytime anyone rattles off scientific facts in a movie, especially about space, I'm going to be thrilled. And then they're showing... Jupiter through a telescope like that I could literally do that in my backyard with the telescope I have it yeah. Jupiter looks the same oh really it's, yes and Saturn too that's it's, amazing it's sick it's awe-inspiring and it's like it it gets them all for a second and then they're like okay that was great back to how we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like there's like a producer watching and they see they see already dozing off like oh, hit him with the stardust <laughs> hit him with the stardust give him the space <laughs> Give Tell us particles from Jupiter. Particles from Jupiter. Light your math. Light your math. <laughs> we got to use it now. It's our last chance. He's uh, fading. Tell him, tell him, tell him to look at his hand that it's stardust. I'm st- With this movie going in, though, too, like I, I, I had a little like holding on hope that you guys would would both dig it and it would be a love fest and we'd just deal with the listeners I thought I thought Artie would like it. So I'll tell too. you, yeah. my first watch, when I texted you last night and said, I think this is going to be a really strong episode, I was very much feeling it. Like I was, it was just after a very emotional scene. I don't remember what, but I was like, "All right, this has some real stuff going." And then the ending happened, and didn't I was like, "Well, I wish I didn't text Karen 15 minutes ago." <laughs> and she didn't. You know, and what, all my, of a sudden, she didn't my, jump my, off the cliff, and it was, <laughs> everything got ruined. I was so ready. I was like, "Just show the cliffs." I know in a movie like this, my position is not going to be to convince anybody. It's just not. It's, not it's, a, hard, it's a hard one too. It's, it's, it's a hard one too. It's legitimately just to express why I love it, and that's yeah. that's really yeah. it. And this this will be a, a much tougher beating that I'll take when the rankings time come, you know, because, <laughs> because it's, you know, I mean, I'll, I guess you'll have, you'll have Joey on the side of it. It's a, little a bit, pretty light beating. We're not really. I'm not um, bashing. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to kill. Hyperbole, but yeah, I'm not going to kill you for having this ranked high. If you do, like, I, 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 I think this movie has a lot going for it. I feel like it's just one of those things where like. You're either on board or you're not with it, and there's just some things. It's it's almost like you're you're surfing or something like that, and like it's a pretty good ride, but then like every once in a while something just happens and knocks you off your board. Yeah, and that's kind of what this movie is for me. And if you don't like the ocean, then you're not gonna like surfing. Well, that's 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 a you problem. <laughs> is she sidewalk averse? She's always walking in the middle of the fucking road. That might know. just be a character thing. Show her stubbornness. Yeah, I didn't notice that I thought it was specifically for cinem- cinematographic purposes. Hmm. Like, there's an empty parking lot at night. She has the backpack on. She's walking. She's in the middle of the road. There's well, She's in oh, a neighborhood walking well, down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's two sidewalks on both sides. She's in the middle of the road. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's just a character choice. I liked I, it. I, I, <laughs> I liked it. I, I, I loved a couple of the moments where they showed 
how freaky it is if you're in a van at night and someone knocks on the van. Oh my, was she like, eating chicken? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> you're gonna be here. <laughs> That's just it's or or when she knocks on um on Swanky's fan and the flags. Yeah, she's the pirate flag. <laughs> it's just like that's a nice little like. Let's just remind her here. You're out in the middle and someone comes up to your van and starts fucking with you. This is kind of a stranger situation. It's like it's like on. yeah, Blair Witch. I also yeah, yeah. like um when they're getting integrated into like the that culture at the beginning. He's like they're going through like the buckets and whatnot. He, the one guy's like stealth parking one oh one. And then she's getting kicked out of places for yeah. parking where she shouldn't. Yep. Like there's a skill to hiding where you park at night so no right. one yells at you. That's I still don't know so if I necessarily sad. understand that where like you give yourself a flat tire. Or is that what is that what it was like she was like poking a hole in her tire. Oh no that wasn't for that. No it was to fix a that was to that was to plug a hole okay, flat. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was to plug she was learning how to okay. be a survivor. Okay. Yeah, it was it was weird. Like stepping out of my comfort zone, stepping out of my comfort zone, <laughs> <laughs> discussing tires and changing of tires. Oh God! Oh no! Not not uh. You know, have you ever done that? Uh, I've changed. I changed my wife's um, tire. The first time it's I ever. Hard. The first time I ever had to change a tire, I it was in college. You it don't... was a giant Volvo. Oh jeez. From '88, I was alone and there was no cell service, and I didn't even know what the fuck was going it's... on. I opened my trunk. I saw the tools. It's like I guess I just have to do this, or I'm gonna die out here. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a lot harder to turn those nuts. Oh yeah, you dude, you gotta kick yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like step on all it. all your body yeah. weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like Larry David with the thirty bucks to change a tire. Anyway, thirty <laughs> bucks. I'll give you fifteen dollars just for a response, just for a yes or no. Go, <laughs> go on like Enterprise.com and rent a car at that point, and be like, "This is my location. Please come pick me yeah, up." Tri- listen, AAA AAA is a great service if you need it. I, so it, it, I literally it, it, couldn't. I had AAA in college. I literally didn't have service. It was that a Nokia sucks. phone. It was yeah, like yeah. an old. There weren't towers everywhere. Yeah, it's in the middle of Pennsylvania backroads. Yeah, quotes. Just do we want to get quotes out there? Did you guys write something down? It's not a hugely quotable movie. The one about not. I guess I remembered a little too much. Is probably the best line. Which one? Yeah. Um, where I, he, she's like, I guess I did a little too much remembering. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that really sums up. Well, that's what a, she's that's a going thesis of through. the movie. Yeah. yeah, that's your new thing. Yeah, I mean the main. Five. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> the main course in this thing are through the larger monologues. I have the one here from uh, from Bob at the end, just kind of the one that stays with me with this with this film. One of the things I love the most about life is there's no final goodbye. You know, I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. I just say, "I'll see you down the road," and I do. And whether it's a month or a year or sometimes years. I see them again. It's kind of a nice, a nice little way to leave the movie off. That's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah it's okay. <laughs> my mine is. I didn't want my sailboat to be in the driveway when I died. I, I think. Yeah, I think. I think one. that's a great. I think that's a great message, and it's, it's the thesis of the movie. It is. It's one of them. <laughs> it's one of them. No, that's a great one. Yeah, it you is. always find the best quote though. Uh, you did on Hurt Locker. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's. Uh, it was. I. I think. I think that quote does. I think that's a just great. I think that's just great advice to live by. Um, I actually have a better quote. Okay, I'm no, not I, homeless. I'm houseless, and there's a difference, yeah, that's isn't a great there? One. Yeah, and there is. That is a real thing. Sure, that's uh, awesome. I know you love um, little screen screenplay chatter, Artie. So I'll give this one to you. Uh, I uh, I wanted to pull up the quote. Uh, I know you said you didn't like the usage of poetry in in the film thought it was a little heavy-handed the lyrics were all heavy-handed yeah i mean i i liked it in the sense of someone that's not really good at communicating or expressing themselves 
that's how they will do it. And that's sure. kind of what she does. Fern. Well, it wasn't always her. It was like the Amazon worker with the tattoos talking about the rod, like the, yep. the, Smith the, Mar- the Morrissey and Smith lyrics. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then there's oh, um, God. Morrissey fans. Oh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah. Like you tattooed Morrissey. We love lyrics. all our Morrissey fans out there, but you know, God, some, um, some of them, not all of them. Some of them. <laughs> I don't like any of them. No, I'm just kidding. I like um, you all. I, I, <laughs> I love Van Morrison. It's like, that's a different person. <laughs> I love Van Morrissey. <laughs> that's why I would name my van. I would name my van Van Morrissey. Van Morrissey. <laughs> I'd be Rob I mean, Van Dam. And, and uh, so the quote from Macbeth, from the girl that she had memorized and she was tutoring, I thought it was a nice moment there. Uh, and, you know, I, I well, wanted and, to get and that, it. And that also shows, like, her prowess, like, how she's a capable person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what's so frustrating. It's like, yes, she she was she has, a good tutor. And working, people cared about her. She's and working this, through shit. This yeah. woman who had her kids tutored by her wants her to live in her house. Like, that's how much of yeah. a connection she made with yeah. that person. Yeah. But she doesn't want, she's, she fears connection. And she, she does, but she still makes connection against her will with all these nomadic people. Mm. Ooh, I like she's, that. A, she's an introverted, <laughs> introverted extrovert. She wants to be alone, but needs to be around people, but ultimately wants to be alone. She like, like, it, around it, people. I, I, I think she feels like those connections that she's making for most of them, like, like, uh, Swanky and, and Linda are, are strong connections, but everything else is very superficial. And it's, you know, like, oh, hey, how's it going? But, like, there's no really deep meaning there. Yeah, we bond for a minute, and then that's Yeah, it. then, like, tra- you know, transaction's over. So uh, I, I can see how someone could say that this is a little heavy-handed, putting, like, the direct quote, like, quoting Macbeth in the um, in the movie. But the quote that the, that the little girl recites back to her is, uh, is from Macbeth, and it's, uh, Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and all of our yesterdays have lighted fools... The way to dusty death, cut out brief candle, and um, you know I'm no Shakespeare scholar at all, so I, I just get on the Google machine and have said. to tell me what, what <laughs> yeah, it says. Can someone translate that for uh, me, please? And and so Macbeth says that it, while he's mourning his wife's death, uh, in reflection to how shallow his life has become. So oh, it's, just, okay. it's the thesis of the movie, right in the in the first line. I kind of like that stuff because it's not like it's not like I heard it and I was like, oh yeah, oh Macbeth, I know that, yeah. Well, I didn't know it was know Macbeth, but I knew it was obviously being a metaphor for right. everything we're about to watch. Yeah, and I like what, to look that up. Set the table. I like that. Yeah, stuff. and yeah. I didn't even understand what she said. I didn't know, <laughs> yeah. But I knew what was going on. All of a sudden, there's a girl re- reciting Shakespeare dicks. It's just <laughs> yeah. So, but it's like, the, uh, can I just get my cleats, please? Excuse me. The little screenplay note that because I, I had to, I had to literally look up the screenplay to get the quote because it was just every time you search Nomadland quotes, you get the bigger one that she says in the end to the to the homeless guy. Yeah. Looking up the screenplay, there's a whole scene there with her and that little girl. Oh, they cut like it a, out like a dialogue, and they clearly cut it out because I guess the girl couldn't deliver her. Oh, I mean, I could just, I mean. Why? Because they did. They didn't hire an actress. They hired yeah, just like yeah. a high school girl. They probably girl. filmed it and was like, oh, this, girl, "This girl can't act." When, <laughs> keeping, when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, it was like the whole thing about empire, and they were lamenting about their time together living in the town. That those people were specifically lived in there. Maybe they took it out because they felt it was over-explaining, but it's probably because the girl couldn't act. I'm guessing. But I don't know. Um, and she did a fine little job from what they edited. I, well, I, I like how the movie's edited. To be honest with you, I think. I, I think that's Chloe Zhao's like strength as a filmmaker. Is editing? I think it's editing because she like writes, directs, and then edits it. Yeah. Scorsese always said is like if you know how to edit, you like Spielberg too. If you know how to edit, you can kind of make the movie as you go. Yeah, David Lean. Lean did that too. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Del, Del Toro uh, too. Two, two just little little coincidental things that are just kind of fun. Um, the Macbeth 
the Macbeth quote, mm. Francis McDormand's next, next movie is, was about, Mac- is the tragedy what? of Macbeth. Shoot, yeah. yeah. Yes. And we get the shot of her walking past the movie theater. Was playing the Avengers. The Avengers yeah. is playing, and Chloe Zhao's next movie is The Marvels, which or, is con- uh, Eternals. Is right? uh, the, Eternals. Eternals. the Eternals, which, which is, is considered like the worst, most nonsensical Marvel movie. <laughs> it's, there is. it's literally just them. No, literally, it's just people on that cliff from Nomadland talking <laughs> for like three hours. That's the movie. I, so did, po- I never it, watched it. Didn't want to watch. Every it. clip is them on that cliff talking. So it's yeah. the worst one ever. So it's point zero zero one percent worse than it's, all the other ones. It's six point one or something on IMDb. Okay. That's like, saying, uh, that says a lot. It does say a lot because, like, yeah. Captain Marvel's like ranked higher than that. Yeah, yeah. and that's well, garbage. They all stink. I think uh, we're ready to, to head on to the. <laughs> so, what do we call it, Grant? The social media. This is Twitter questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. I what love making this part of the body. I know we're doing it. Yeah. Hey, now it's your time to shine. Give me some of those listener questions. All right, so listener questions. Here we go. You can uh, you can be a part of the action here before these uh, episodes. We put a little post out on Twitter. I actually put one out on Instagram, too. Uh, it was crickets and tumbleweeds, though. They don't respond as well as Twitter does. Twitter is where it's at. The Instagram questions were about as populated as uh, as Empire uh, Town. Post, <laughs> yeah. post the sheetrock. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. sheet yeah, exactly. Okay, but so listener questions. We did get quite a bit of action here. See, on, I love this. On Twitter. A ton. Let's start with... With Mike from Cinemas here, at Cinemas. What's up, Mike? Mike writes. Hi, Mike. Somewhat to my shame, I remember being fairly bored throughout big swaths of this movie. Advice on what to look for on a rewatch to boost appreciation enthusiasm. Also, Carrie Mulligan or Francis McDormand for the Oscar that year. All right, so, um, so I mean, it so- sounds like there were elements of your experience, guys, that kind of compared to, to Mike's a little bit. This... Um, yeah, this movie did feel longer than its runtime at at points. There were times like towards the end where I'm just like, how much how much is left in this movie? As it did feel like it was long, it was longer than two hours at, at points. Yeah, uh, I, to answer the question, I would probably say watch for for the subtleties in Francis McDormand's yeah performance. That's the easiest way to be entertained throughout this thing. Um, if in, if you're not going to be enter- entertained by the setting and the surroundings, I I, I think I think that catharsis is. If if you're looking for something to to look for with this movie, I think that's it. Yeah, I'd say watch something on your phone. Just kind of keep busy while it's on. <laughs> if you really want to get through it. And in terms of Francis McDormand or Carrie Mulligan, Carrie Mulligan, I think I'll give it to McDormand. Uh, I I loved Carrie Mulligan. Uh, I, I I just love her in general. Um, I I I think that she's. I think Big Norman does a lot more heavy lifting in it in Nomadland. She's in every scene, literally yeah. every scene. Terry uh, Mulligan's from what? Hereditary? Uh, no, no. Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman's what she's oh, right, for. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I I said back then Carrie Mulligan, and I'll, I'll probably stick to that. Uh, I just think this is a powerhouse performance. Uh, I thought she should have won that year. I like both performances, though. I do, too. But they're very different. But I could be swayed the other way. I, I shouldn't I, get into the mind of she has two Oscars already, and I'd like Kyrie Mulligan to get no, one. That's, I shouldn't that's be in the mind of that. It's tough, because one is such like a forceful performance, and one is just all little kind of... Nuance. and Little nuances, yeah, which I do really like. They're both very deserving of it. They yeah. really are. They're both very deserving of it. But yeah. if, if, if I were given a vote, I'd probably go McDormand. Okay. This is a question for Artie specifically. 
he, he looks excited. He looks very enthralled. Yeah, that was that was a hard eye roll. <laughs> um, it's from the Revisionist Almanac, and I believe it's from Adam from Revisionist Almanac. Little, little Adam. Artie, if you and I both worked in the same Amazon factory, who would have the higher productivity output, and why would it be me? <laughs> Adam. <laughs> because... You're more of a dork. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he signed that your sworn enemy, by the way, from uh, at, at Stream and Circuit. I didn't even know I had a sworn enemy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a one-sided enemy ship. Adam, I think you'd do better because Artie would just have to focus too much on the three points of contact so he wouldn't fall Getting down the, the stairs. <laughs> like, where's the break room? Yeah. Are you playing Dua Lupa over there? Shut that off. <laughs> I would definitely have a major problem with the music they played in the factory. I don't think they're allowed to. I, I, in China, I, it works. Uh, they play heavy metal. It uh, increases the efficiency of the workers. It's high BPMs. That's the, the, the tempo, yeah. yeah. GMO Podcast is next. And how much money would it take you to live like this for a year? By myself? Because well, I'm not doing it with, I'm, I'm not with doing, a band I'm of not, shanties. I'm not doing it with my family. Like my, no, no, no. You're the we, only we, one my, in my, 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 my wife would kill me. I don't know. Give me 200 grand and I'll do it. Ooh. Are we talking right now? My current living status? Go live alone for a year? Yeah, well, well your, your wife signs off on it. In this uh, fantasy question. <laughs> listen, I, I wouldn't do that. No. No. I couldn't leave my kids for a year. I if I were single. That. I like, that's one thing. That. Like, if I, I was single, it, it, like $500. <laughs> <laughs> like, no joke. Yeah, like, if it, <laughs> Maybe seven fifty. Yeah, Buy like, the van. In, yeah, in, in, right. in an alternate Pay for uni- my expenses. In an alternate universe where I, I wasn't married with two, with two kids. I don't know. It, it, I just that lifestyle just does not really appeal to me all that much. It would have to be a hefty sum. Yeah, I'd be all right. If you it. gave me a million bucks, I wouldn't even think twice. A million? Yeah. yeah. Two hundred thousand. I would. I'd have to do some thinking, but I think maybe eight hundred. I'll go up to two hundred. <laughs> eight hundred and some McNuggets. <laughs> two hundred thousand is a good is a good starting point to talk about because like that's I when you said that number, I was immediately like, ooh, maybe not. Um, I feel like this. For living in a van all year, like I feel like I could do that. Mm. If Boy, I first, was single, first world problems over here. If I was <laughs> single, sure. if I was single and it was more than my salary, I would do it. Yeah, yeah, basically. I probably would it. Too. Then, yeah, you write, write a, you know, try, try to like do something creative, write a book, read, some, you know, get some, you know, get some, get some me time. This is a fun one from uh, from Betsy Gorham here. Uh, this is uh, the South Dakotan uh, perspective here. She's giving. Oh, us. okay. Uh, and Joey kind of couldn't help himself. He had to get into it with her on on Twitter, which is mm, which is great. Classic Sorry, Joey. Joey. Betsy writes: As a South Dakotan, it's always weird seeing places I've known my whole life on screen. Long live the wall drug. So the wall oh. drug is where they worked there with the giant dinosaur. Yeah, like, the green, like a, the big, the, the big green, yeah, green and gold. Yeah, a real place. So oh. Joey just apparently knocked him off his office chair here, and he had to get him out here. He goes, "I have many wall drug related questions. Why is a dinosaur involved?" <laughs> <laughs> Betsy responds, "Oh, wall drug can't be explained. It must be experienced. There are dinosaurs and jackalopes and old timey photoshops, saloon girls and donuts." Free ice water and five cent coffee. Oh, free ice water. It can best be described as an old west themed mini mall. <laughs> old, the old wooden ship. <laughs> <laughs> Used in the Civil War era. The ultimate, to- the ultimate tourist trap of South Dakota. Do yourself a favor and Google their advertising campaign. So, some fun little in- uh, info there from Dixon okay. Gorham. I, lo- I love it that somebody 
that we have like firsthand. We have somebody with firsthand experience with that. Yeah, it's like that's their adventure land. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is funny. Like, like on Long Island, you kind of sometimes you see stuff and pop. Like, like have you ever watched? Uh, for everyone out there, have you ever watched season one of The Affair on Showtime? The police office is the gym of the high school we went to. That me, Joe, that me, Kieran, and Artie went to. The out the exterior of the police office and the and the affair is the gym at St. Dom's. Wow, the the sports center. Quote yeah, unquote, stop. Right? I swear to God. Oh my! Did you know that? I did not. Know. It's it's posing as like as like the Montauk police precinct, and it's the gym. That is insane. This wall drug cafe looks completely insane. <laughs> it, it, lo- it looks like the thing from Pawn Stars, like with a rest, like with the Rainforest Cafe mixed in. <laughs> It's like it looks like a pawn shop with that's amazing, like the waiting room from Cracker Barrel, and then the ambiance. I did, of, I did see, I did, I did get Cracker Barrel vibes. Yeah, from this place. Yeah, yeah. Stan Pitt Marsh writes, "I'd be interested to know how it worked with the non-actors. How much was scripted? We kind of discussed that a little bit. We're a little unsure." His yeah. name's Stan Marsh. You know, uh, Stan Pitt Marsh. Yep. Pitt Marsh is that hyphenated? Yes. No, we're gonna drop the pit. Stan Marsh. He's at Stan Pitt is his uh, handle. So. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity. Stan Marsh was taken. So what was the question? <laughs> uh, oh, the, uh, we got more or less discuss it. The, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, real, the real nomadic actors. And, yeah. And how much of scripted, some, how much of like their real life stories. Some, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, some of it worked, some of it didn't. Yeah. It felt I, like a lot of it wasn't scripted, and maybe they it gave felt, them like a, It felt very natural. It felt like they gave maybe a couple details to yeah. throw into their real story. Like, maybe say this. Yeah. At most. Yeah, maybe. Chauncey Talese writes, and Chauncey uh, snuck his way twice into the last episode of the editing team. I know. Gaff there. We love you, Chaunce. And he says, of the movies that punted to 2021, which had the best chance to beat Nomadland? So we don't have a list of the ones that punted, but I'll, I'll ask this. Let's say Top Gun Maverick comes out the year it was supposed to that year. Does it have mm. any chance? Now, remember, it would then be in a year where the theaters aren't really in play, which hurts it. Momentum, chances. I think. Yeah, I think Nomadland was kind of a movie that was made to win Oscars. Mm-hmm. It would, it would, it would have to be something. It would have to be something more than Met Top Gun Maverick to do it. Yeah, so Top Gun Maverick wouldn't have been enough. Yeah, Tom Cruise Maverick, uh, Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> Tom Cruise would have, I think, beat a heartbeat into the movie theater scene. I think it would have worked. Even in 2020. Yeah, I think it would have been like, um, no one's excited to go back and see No Man Land. No, everyone's excited to go back and see a fucking blockbuster about... Yeah. The only problem is they were still doing limited um, yeah, tickets. The, the, that's the thing. It was just the, the opportunity is not there. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the, the box office isn't directly related to winning an Oscar. No. No, but I guess my question is, would it have been the sensation it was a year earlier? I, th- I think that might not have been, but yeah, we do see that like over the years where like a movie like Driving Miss Daisy, right, where it has no business winning Oscar, but like it was so it's in the fore- right. it was it was in the forefront of everyone's mind, yeah. so of course it got um, not so of course like Dances with Wolves, yes, Rain Man, yes, exactly. Uh, there there are Titanic, bu- Forrest Gump, like yeah, there are a bunch of movies like that that are. They kind of they kind of just capture the hearts of America and, and they kind of get know, nominated. Without the box office response, I don't know the Top Gun Maverick gets nominated for Best Picture. It I should don't know. have, but I don't know. Here's a Seth Vargas. He says uh, using non-actors can be considered gimmicky, but Zhao makes it work in all of her pre-Marvel films. <laughs> Swanky is a gift. Incredible film. Uh, so a little a little love there. I agree with Swanky. Yeah. Any Swanky. question? 
Oh, so questions or comments? Swank, swanky, wrong. Swanky was great. Bob was great. Everyone else was okay. I guess the question is: Is do you think using non actors as characters is gimmicky? I say it's sticky. It's sticky. Yeah, said that same, same the thing as gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah, 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 same thing. Andrew Corns writes. Oh, at Andrew Corns thirteen, the real, uh, the real deal. He writes, Nomadland, 2020's best film to guarantee a comfortable nap on the couch for two hours. If you said no, give me a better 2020 nap movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uncornify it a little bit and just yeah, say, yeah, let give me, me a better nap movie. For it doesn't have to be from 2020. I don't know, man. I I usually like, unless it's late, I don't sleep during movies. Grown ups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that movie is literally like a like an ambient. <laughs> It's one of those mood gummies, so it's like sleep mood gummies. If I try to drive after I've watched it <laughs> in the last few hours, I'm unable. I, I like a I like a um a baseball game for a nap sometimes. I like you know, second or third inning, the volume down to like a medium to low. You just hear the static of the crowd a little bit, a yeah. little wake up for the fun part. Doze out till the seventh inning stretch and then you know get yeah. to see what's going on. If it's just like a nine uh, inning game, you go back to bed. No, I um I don't know. I, I usually don't fall asleep during movies unless it's like Past my bedtime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Azza has a has a, an interesting 2020 related question. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross were nominated twice for best original score this year. Can I call Reznor Ross top five composers of all time? They're movie composers. Let's talk about movie composers because we're not comparing him to like fucking Mozart. No, 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 no. Beethoven, Bach. So film composers, Oscar relevant composers. Yeah. So we got what John Williams. Williams and Zimmer are Zimmer. easily there. Um, Marconi is is there. I mean, yeah, he's there. That's three right there. So they're, they're, it's those last two spots. Um, I, I listen, man. I love everything they put out. So I I would say, yeah, they're in the competition. Yeah. I think I think the more they do, the better they're going to be. It's so good. Like, they're really just phenomenal. This the the social network score is. It basically feels like B sides of like the downward spiral. Or like pretty hate machine. It's just yeah. like it's so amazing. I love that they selected Trent Reznor and who is it? Atticus Ross. Atticus Ross to make that score because no one else would have made well, Finch's that. Big, Finch is being on him. Yeah, that sound for mm-hmm. Social Network, and that's basically the only score that conveys the tone that movie goes they, for. They did. They scored the Ninja Turtles movie and it was awesome. Oh, the, really? They just scored the new Ninja Turtles movie. 1,000 or one by one, writes. Hey. How underrated is David Straithorn? He is properly rated. He's good. He's he's in movies. He's in I, The I, Born I, Identity. I, he's great in it. <laughs> I love it every time I see him on film. He makes me feel every every cozy. time Every time I see his face on, on film, I'm like, I love it. Same here. I, yeah, I, I, I think he's I, wonderful. I, I, I think put him he in is everything. I don't think, I think he's underrated. He is, yeah. I think he's properly rated. He's. I like him every time I see him. What? No one hates him. <laughs> I have him. This is we're doing a we're doing a Guy Pierce movie into a David Strathairn movie. I couldn't be happier. That, that th- yeah. those two guys should be in every movie, as far as I'm concerned. Put him in everything. That yeah. works for me. And 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 David Strathairn works really really well in period like 1940s movies. He just has that face yep. like L.A. Confidential. 
um, Good Night, Good uh, little, uh, League of Their Own. Nightmare Alley. Oh, League of Their <laughs> yeah. Own is phenomenal. But like, he just looks like he belongs yeah. in the 40s. It's... And the Bourne Identity. He's, uh... yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> Nick V writes, good listener of the show, Nick V. An odd film in an odd year of film. After being in and out of lockdown or so, maybe the gorgeous vistas made everybody feel better? That's what I said. Yeah. I yeah. Said you're just going, you're, everyone's been cooped up. You're going to show a super scenic movie and... Yeah, people. Yeah, for that's me. part of it. And we're going to end with Joey R's questions here. What's up, Joey? Questions. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, uh, uh, we'll just say next to the aisle. Asks this McDormand's best performance. I like Fargo, but the work in this is so stellar by an actress of this caliber. Uh, I would say I prefer her in Fargo myself. I like I like her character more in Fargo. I'd say she's a little better in this than Billboards, but she's good at Billboards too. Yeah, it's just a little more of a straightforward performance fargo she's, is just look, phenomenal in fargo. You, you, talk, you talk about you talk about someone that's never never turned in a bad performance yeah even burn after reading she's phenomenal. She's great in burn after reading yeah i'm not a fan of that movie i love that movie i like it i too. think that's underrated i think that's some of the funniest humor yeah in like a so modern funny. movie yeah it's very funny joey r dips back into the van questions if you decided it was time to live in a van <laughs> let's hope it doesn't come to that but if you decided it was time to live in a van where would you go, and how do you think it would go for you? Oh, I thought he was going to say, what would you name your van? That'd be a great question. Well, Van Morrissey is mine. That's a That's great a one. one. Um, uh, Rob Van Dam for me. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, God, I wish I had a, I wish I had a clever as you guys. <laughs> Where would I go? Van Helsing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, you got Sing in there, too. Yeah. I might just go out to Montauk. I need more I, space. I need more space. I got to get out in the uh, the open. I would literally but, drive to Montauk. But like right around the beach or something like if you can work that out. I, I I don't know if I would go anywhere else. I have literally tried to convince my wife because it got so expensive to stay in hotels in Montauk mm. to drive out there for the weekend and set the back of the car up as a bed and we stay in the car instead of getting a hotel. She's not willing to it do Sounds that like a terrible idea. No, I think it I sounds think great. I think it sounds great. Well, it depends on what, what... The beach with what the stars. What kind of, oh, yeah, what kind of car do you have? Money. Like a Traverse. It's enormous. It's seats eight. Oh, okay. I think yeah. Chris G has, has pulled that off before. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. I would love to do that. He's but got the pickup. She will not... She's like, we're staying in a hotel if we go out mm. there. I'm like, hmm... Well, then we're not going. So I would go to Mon- <laughs> yeah. So I would yeah. go to Montauk. I'm I'm a little uh, you know I'm comfortable with the heat and whatnot. I would go south. I would go like Maryland, Carolinas, probably around there. I'd maybe go Outer as, Banks. As, Outer Banks is really nice. Yeah, I'm South not, is I'm, Georgia. I love Georgia. Man. Have you been to Outer Banks, North Carolina? I haven't. No, I've, I've been to North Carolina. A few you would, never you would really Banks. like Outer Banks. Yeah, okay, I, cool. yeah. That that would be my second spot, unless um, it's hurricane season, because then uh, it gets dicey. I, I ain't going out to like. Minnesota or so with this. You know, I'm going someplace more temperate. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, she's warm. in like that where like the, the gas station lady's afraid she's going to freeze to death. Like, why are yeah. you in this situation? See, I would love to live in Montauk in the winter when everyone leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so isolated. That's a little no man landic. That's, wanna, that's the best. That's the best time to go. Yeah. Yeah. I want to throw out here before before we slide over to the uh, to the nitpick zone. Um, still in seven different states. This uh, mm-hmm. this movie and. Really just covers a good part of the country and states that we don't normally get to see a lot on film. So I, I really appreciate that. I like that, too. So. No, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's always cool seeing the Badlands, things like that. It could all be one state, and I wouldn't know the difference, though. <laughs> like, it all just kind of looks like land and mountains and rocks. On that note, let's head to the <laughs> Nits Pick Zone.
All right, nitpicks. Are you guys coming in hot with this? So you kind of mild. You, I, got, I got one. I have okay, one. I have, wow, I have right, one. Right. So, I, so I'll have to. I'll have I have to one. See what it is. I'll have to dip into my more petty ones then again. Today. I have literally one. Let, you do yours, and I see if it's right. the same one. So when uh, she's taking care of Dave, okay, she gives him a cup of noodles and goes, ah, "These are good for when you're sick." No, they're not. They're loaded with sodium. It's like drinking ocean water when you're sick. Like you do not want to eat cup of noodles. You want like real chicken broth, not nine hundred milligrams of sodium. You will just be dehydrated. It's the opposite of an IV drip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my that's my that's big. one of my favorite reasons. Cup, no- cup of noodles. That's wonderful. That's I love that. There. That was a good one. <laughs> Using <laughs> sodium in a nitpick. <laughs> um, it's like when it's like college kids eat and they get sicker. Yeah, and then you get like, thirsty. Yeah, and maybe you it's like yeah. it, it works. Your, it makes your hangover so much worse. Yeah, yeah. It's um, tired. <laughs> uh, I have one. It's the only one I can really think of. If you have something of great value in your possession, why do you put it in the flimsiest box you could think oh, of? Oh, the box. The like, box. You you put it you put your father's dishes in this box where like the bottom's not taped up or the bottom is All right. well, so like take better care of your stuff. I, I have a nitpick to combat the nitpick. Oh. Um you're not wrong. That's a fair nitpick. I think so. She's not used to having other people touch her stuff, but that's forget it. The box, oh, the box crushes me every time I watch this movie. Like it's like it's like in a horror movie when someone like you know someone's gonna get their head lopped off and yeah. Oh no, here comes the here comes the box. That's my second viewing. I had to like try to turn away What's a little in the bit. Box, my dude, Dave. Come on, man. We grabbed the box from the bottom. Artie, you know this. Oh, you move I liquor bottles I'm all not the time carrying anything without bottles. grabbing it from the bottom. I you, carried my six-pack like this through stop and shop. carry <laughs> from the bottom. Oh, my God. That's, the, I mean, that's like, that's a fireable offense in our industry if you, <laughs> you do that, man. Uh, you're you're asking for it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, you're going to be cleaning up glass for an hour if you do that. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yes. That's a fair counter nitpick. Um, I have a open. cool little thing I wanted to mention before I kind of forgot. The nitpick zone is going to just absorb it. Um, she says her father spent years accumulating that set mm-hmm. by visiting yard sales. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's extremely difficult to accumulate an entire set of matching plates from just a, <laughs> going to yard sales. Hoping like, unless your neighbors have them already. Unless yeah. you're literally going to the same yard sale every year and buying one plate each <laughs> at, like, at a time. Oh, you're on fire tonight. Damn. <laughs> and then on top of that, like... That, that works for the nitpick. So. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah the, no, the, I love it. But on top of that, like the, the mental illness is there. Like this well, guy frequents pre- yard sales. Predeposed hoarding, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. collecting plates at yard sales. Yeah. Very nostalgic. And her, when the shots of her looking at the... At the old microfilm like the shots. viewfinder, she's, yeah. She's looking back at the past. Literally, in that scene, she's looking back at the past. I think there's a lot in this. There's a lot in this film that's there for you. I don't, I don't know that it's that that subtle. It takes a couple viewings, and <laughs> most people don't like one viewing of this. So, uh, <laughs> let's talk cell phones. Um, so, Straythern has an appropriate cell phone for a nomad, I would imagine. Um, the flip phone that you know. T- now we're talking 2012, possibly yeah. 2013. That's a nice ass iPhone she has. Well, they also all got the Facebook message. They all obviously have access to social yeah, media. Yeah, but would yeah. she have? Would would Fern, as we know her, have that nice an iPhone? Have an iPhone? They also drink and she smokes cigarettes throughout the movie. It's like you have no money, but she's still spending yeah. money. Yeah, she, on well, she works, things. so she does have money. Right, but 
the money she she's not spending it. You know, in her situation, you wouldn't think like go to a bar and have a six dollar shot. Yeah, well, she doesn't and, pay rent though, so I mean, she's living pretty well, it may, within her means. I think she has money. But what, my my question is is like how I know they needed that cell phone because they needed to show the fern in Alaska and the, the right. video there because you can't do that on a flip phone, right? Would that character have that nice an iPhone? And was an iPhone that nice? That, like that was like a 2020 iPhone, was it not? I don't know. I mean, but it, I mean, it did look like something you wouldn't find at somebody. That, some you wouldn't you wouldn't find this with somebody that lives in a van, right? Like she's paying, she's sending a check to AT and T or Verizon every month for her cell phone bill. You know, yeah, what how I mean? is she paying for this? Yeah, right. Well, I have, I have a lot of questions about like. How she gets paid, what bank she belongs to, <laughs> things like that. Like if and, she's and if the she's service. Ab- where where is Fern getting the service in Alaska that she can send this uh, uh swanky. A, a swanky? Where's Swanky getting the service in Alaska by the the swallow? I guess maybe back at the hotel or or back at the, uh, the yeah lot back at Wi-Fi. Anchorage or something like that. Yeah. Maybe yeah okay. But like but like also you would think that out in the middle of the desert would be like a dead zone, especially in 2012. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, as advanced I, as, as, as it is now. I have I have cell phone questions here at this. I just that's know. fair. Um, Joe Joe would Joe would Joe would approve of this. From from Dave was appropriate. Now, the dinosaur. Yeah. What what does that picture look like that he took? Oh, terrible! <laughs> There's no flash. You can't see he anything. He took it on a flip phone in the middle of the night. His hand moving <laughs> as he takes. It. Yeah. It's like my mother-in-law <laughs> taking a picture. She stands there and it goes like this, and she's like. Got it. Thanks, everyone. We're like, when did you take it? The thing's been moving the whole time. Like, what <laughs> Middle of the night, flip phone, no flash. Uh, that's oh, no, a blank it, screen. No, it, it, it's black screen. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you take a picture of the moon <laughs> and it just comes up a big light in your phone. Yeah. Uh, is is David Strathorn too good looking for his character? I don't think they made him look homeless enough. Right. I'm saying he's... Like he wouldn't... He refused to live in the van. Like He's like, no, I'm going to the Marriott. He's a very <laughs> sharp looking man. He's, he, he'd have way more self-confidence and, and... But he also successfully reintegrates into society the easiest. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's yeah. a choice. Like yeah. He's not as grimy or dirty. And we, all, yeah, we also don't know his... Integrated We also don't that. really know his backstory, like what happened well, to his yeah. wife, things well, he, like that. Not his wife, Is, but he does give us a little bit. Well, I mean, that was, that, but that was, that was also very interesting. As much as I love yeah. Strathern, and I do think he should have been nominated for this over friggin' Sasha Baron Cohen in uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. But is, th- is that character more effective with like a more rough and tumbling looking dude, like maybe like a Will Patton, or um, who's in Minari in the same year? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like it it works because he's, he's also one of these guys that's. He's able to adapt, and he's able to. And listen, just because you're handsome doesn't mean you don't suffer from mental illness. Uh, of course, come <laughs> on, know. Kieran. I also thought. <laughs> I like, also thought that that having him be, um, normal looking and not normal. Well, geez, here I go. Um, familiar looking. Help the audience. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a, a yeah. yes. It's a casting question. Is the question? I think it's not, they it's picked not like, a familiar person. How could person. a good-looking person find their way down into this pit I, of despair? Life would be better like, for them. I no, think. no. I'm saying it is it is by is casting a more rugged-looking character make that character more effective to the audience? Is my is my question? I I kind of like it because it's not because not everyone looks like that. It's it's. Hmm. 
Yeah, you know, I like it, it too. You know I'm what I mean? And, and I and I think that he is he's proven to be a capable person. Like he was a park ranger and giving tours. Like it, it would it it makes sense that he's. You know that he's that he's, that he's handsome. Yeah, yeah. I fair. feel like he was more depressed than anything. Yeah. Like, as opposed to some of them well, dealing I'm, with a lot of grief. Like I think he was like he I, felt sad that he lost his role as dad. And well, yeah. I mean, he was he was a, he was a bad he was a bad father. But and then he was, was kind of living with that. And then he got the role back, sort yeah. of as grandfather, and he's able to cope back into mm-hmm. like make that work. He's able to adjust, readjust. And yeah. I think Francis McDermott. Can't I think that starts what you guys were talking about? I think uh, she gets upset that she sees all the toys and stuff, and she's like, "Why can't I just stay here?" Yeah, and then bails. Maybe more mad at herself than like, yeah, yeah. she's starting to really like, I need to help myself yeah. now. And then Swinky's death is kind of like the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, and know? then she talks to Bob, and it yeah, opens yeah. up a little bit. Ooh, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> we get there. We Hate get there on the fourth hour. Nip, uh, onions are always going to make my nitpick zone. I just they're a, a life nitpick. Everyone loves them. And uh, n- me you're nitpicking the Gibson here. Hand, hand mixing the salad with onions in it. I mean, hey, it's it, that nomadic lifestyle. Have onion hands. Well, they wonder why they have onion to shit hands. out of nowhere all the time. Like <laughs> you're, you're not sanitary. She's playing her flute and she's like, "Ooh, I got to explode into this bucket right now." <laughs> okay, Francis. <laughs> You got the you got the chalupa shits. All right, I think I think I think we're good on the. <laughs> and then the next scene, did, did Swanky's have... like, "Ooh, yeah, ooh, I got some indigestion." I'm like, "Well, are you eating that salad that she's making? <laughs> the hand mixed onion salad, mixing it with her foot." Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's more than enough there. We we were been pretty good with the uh, the the scatological jokes. It took us till hour three to get there. What does yeah. scatological mean? Shit, shit. shit related. Oh. Uh, um, <laughs> it's time for the awards, guys. Let's let's get into it. Let's get there. Can I have a cold snap for the awards? Uh, yep, that's what. That's what oh. I'll trade you a sandwich you know for it. Uh, B- BBC bingo already takes a beer from Kieran. <laughs> I'll, trade, I'll trade you a sandwich for it. <laughs> this one has dinosaur bones on it. <laughs> that's nice, actually. I would love a lighter with dinosaur bones on it. That was a great line, too. When the guy's like, you know, that's that's what they tell me. Yeah, yeah well, I kind of liked him, the Schofield kid. <laughs> okay, the, the BPC Awards. Let's start with you, Grant. <gasps> MVP for Nomadland. You know, I'm going with something I feel like is a little off the beaten path here. I'm going with uh, Ludovico Inaldi. Well, Inaldi. Score. For the score, I think the score is great. I think that's what elevates the movie and and, and prevents the movie from being this real slog. So yeah, I, 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 <laughs> you know, it could have been easy to say Francis McDormand or something like that. I went with something a little bit off the beaten path. So yeah, get- I went a little off the beaten path too with Francis McDormand. <laughs> <laughs> er- Fra- Mc- Francis McDormand is my MVP. Er- Producer. Lead actress. Yeah, no, uh, she's, she's in every scene. Double. The Oscar. camera follows her. There's yeah. not a lot of actresses that could do that. No, she's no. great. She's like they're really she's maybe terrific. three. <laughs> that still act. Yeah, she's yeah. she's just great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean there aren't a lot of actresses that could do it to be honest. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I, I went with with Chloe Zhao. Um, I think that okay. they were trying to figure out what this project would be until they they nabbed her to to do it, and uh, I really like her her directorial touch in this thing. Um, you know, maybe that's why it's not for everybody. So maybe there's a lot of <laughs> 
ways where I, my, I could statistically be wrong with my MVP, but it was for me. It's your MVP. It, it, You're not yeah. wrong. And that's the value she added to, to me, yeah. um, particularly the transitions, uh, the edits. Um, you know, she was a, a director and editor. I have great respect for that. That takes me back to uh, to David Lean, and and um, there was a Lean-esque touch to this, and I think it's one of the reasons hmm. that it spoke to me. Interesting. Um, and I appreciate that it wasn't three hours long, because that could have been... <laughs> It could have been real hard. I'm, I was well. That was like because for a little peek behind the curtain, my my wife is not a fan of Frances McDormand. She's not a fan, and uh, she's sick of her shit. And um, <laughs> well, this was the wrong. wrong one and, but to like, watch. but like, but I was like, I was she's when I told her about this, she's like, "How long is it?" <laughs> I was like, "It's under two hours." She's like, "Okay, fine." Still didn't like it, but <laughs> at least she was happy it was under two hours. The last two I had Asia watch were French Connection and Hurt Locker. You were going to very this. underwhelmed. I was like, don't worry about this one. Go watch the Grammys. I mean, Katie, Katie likes Katie likes Hurt Locker. Yeah, I, Asia I, liked it as a movie, but I was she's like this one best picture. I was like, okay, fair. I once again came through Grant's door apologizing to Katie immediately. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Next month is, is Colin Firth. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. You better not give me. I better not be on the King Speech episode. Colin Firth, Meryl Streep, Francis McDormand, Bing Bang Bong. She is. My, my wife has. My wife just doesn't like people. They're all <laughs> they're great actors, apparently. She well, she hates Colin Firth because all he does is period pieces. He's limited. <laughs> <laughs> but what? I, what? He's in Kingsman. Think, Wait, has she seen Kingsman? She's not going to like Kingsman. It's not a period piece. I know, she's not going to like Kingsman. Uh, and then Meryl Streep. I think she just hates that everyone sucks her ass. I love Meryl Streep. LVP. The LVP of Nomadland. Grant, start us off again. Yeah, I think it's just like the insistence of hiring real people for this. I think that was I think that was kind of a detriment to the movie in some ways. Like I, I know I understand that you want to have an authentic experience, but I think there is a sacrifice to that. You could have sprinkled in some real actors amongst the amongst the people. Like not like not like not huge character not huge people. The lack but, of casting, basically. Yeah, so. not like not huge actors because I feel like if you get huge names, that would take away from it. Just have some people in there that that know how to read a script and to kind of <laughs> turn their turn their turn the words into something interesting on on film. My LVP is casting. Okay, same same thing. Concept is just I don't the the of all the things like I'm not going to bash the score. The score is good. Um, McDermott, McDormand's good. Dave's good. Chloe Zhao's got a vision. Mm-hmm. She she executes whatever her vision is. She's not it's technically sound. I'm gonna go with the casting because I don't the uh, too. It's too much. It's like a stars and scrubs approach to a DraftKings lineup. Like you're gonna oh interesting pay a lot for Christian McCaffrey and then find the. Khalil Shakir's on the bills that are three thousand dollars to fit yeah, into yeah. your lineup. You you got the McDormand, but like she needs some but it help. Was, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, but the point they didn't do it for budgetary reasons. They did it because they thought it would add a level of authenticity to the movie, and that's it's, why it's my LVP. Yeah, it would have made more sense if it was for practical reasons. Right. The fact that it was an artistic choice, it didn't totally not work, but that's the least valuable part of the movie to me. Okay, they that's could right. have had all real people, the whole actors, and the movie might have been better. I don't. I don't disagree. Yeah, um, I'm going to be very frank and very specific with mine. It's Francis McDormand defecating into a bucket for real in real life on camera. That was Wait, real? she really did that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just can I change my LVP? I, just, <laughs> I I don't need to see that. The Hayes Code didn't get a lot right, 
that's one of the things they got right is we don't need people pooping on screen. And I, I, I just I don't. I think when people bring this movie up, they often say, oh, that's the movie where she shits in a bucket, right? I, and I didn't that's think that was literal, real. That's literal lack of she, value right there. That's she, stigmating. She gave herself diarrhea? Stigmatizing. Because that wasn't like a, that wasn't like a healthy shit. With, no. She got hit with the scene with her in the gray bucket. She got with the flute. She got hit with it and was like, oh, God. And, and yeah. That's what it said in IMDb trivia, at least. So um, I don't like that. No, I don't like it one bit. It's, it's, it's. I didn't know I watched that. By far the least valuable part of this. Extreme lack of value there for me. I didn't know that was. I'm taken aback. Oh, wait until I tell Katie about that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is like the same thing of like, is was it necessary for them to stay in the van the whole time? No. Was it necessary to film Francis McDormand taking his shit? No. And if you really well, we need that. This. If you literally, <laughs> if you really need that scene, like just don't have her really shit. If you like, you wrote just, that in advance. Well, Jim, Jim Carrey's shown us how hold. to how to fake. Yeah. To Jeff, fake Jeff, Dan- Jeff Daniels. No, Jeff Daniels. Uh, Jeff, oh, uh, did well, Jim Carrey uh, I'm sure did uh, it yes. too. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Jim Dumb and Dumber. Carrey. It's Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm getting uh, oh, right. I'm getting Dumb and Dumber mixed on. up with with Ace Ventura coming out. Oh yeah. Do not go in there. Yeah. He goes in a Shark Tank. Yeah, like just Foley in some shit sounds. Sure, the sound design was tweaked with, but yeah. are you sure? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. You seem very unsure. Let's move on here. Let's move on. Um, That's a very solid LVP. I want to. I want to sit here. <laughs> that is on a this. that is a solid LVP. I want to sit here. On Let's this. hope it was solid. I think it it's didn't sound solid. It's no. liquid. It was a hybrid. Uh, and now the scatological jokes just just firing out one after another with the feet stomping on the ground. The scatological man. <laughs> We're not doing this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, the more immature sections in we have de- history. We have derailed. Okay. I'm going to uh, make a note to re- to bring scatologic man back up. <laughs> oh, you've created a new character. Because he's a scatological man. <laughs> That's what we need more. Already be creating more characters. That's exactly what we need. Fecal um, based. <sighs> Thank you for sticking with us here. If you still are. Uh, oh, we're still on air. Participation award. Uh, Grant, we'll just keep rolling with you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's um, it's Bob Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bob Wells did a great job, especially that last scene he did where uh, talking about his son and he was kind of breaking during it. it felt. I mean. It, it, I I would be shocked if it wasn't true, mm. just by the way he delivered it. Um, I, I I think he did. I think he was one. Of, he was one of the few shining shining stars of the authentic you know, of the of the real nomadic people. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, agreed. Already, uh, Dave Fair Strathairn. Yeah, Dave Strathairn. Uh, he's great. I mean, the best. We're gonna mention someone honorably. It's gonna be him. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the swankster. Okay, gotta go swanky. Yeah, I, I yeah for same you know, great, very know. very similar. You and I, yep. yeah, it's yep. great. Uh, and that leads right into scene of the movie. And those were my two scenes to choose from. Uh, was either Bob's monologue or, or Swanky's monologue. And I think hmm, it is it's tough because it's like the one the one while I'm watching it that I'm most um, sucked into is, is Swanky, but the one that I'm left with is the Bob speech. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go with the 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 Leone close up on Swanky though. I think that's the that's That's, that's a good move for me. Yeah. Okay. She's very good. Great. Yeah. Uh, Artie, you said your scene already was the uh the barbecue. Um 
Was it? You said that earlier in the night. You could have changed. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. The yeah. barbecue scene. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Felt great. the most real. Um, I'm going to piggyback off Artie a little bit. I think it's a conversation between Fern and her sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, that specifically, I, I I love that little, I love that little moment because it shines, uh, it shined a light on her past a little bit and kind of explains, like, you know, you know she's going she's going through it now, but she was always kind of like this. There's also a powerful line where Do- Dolly is her name. I think so. She's like. You know, you were my sister, and you left a big hole when you left. And I don't think Frances McDormand ever thought that anyone cared that, like, she left a big hole. Well, her response to that was, that one's on me. Because she's starting was, to realize. Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, like, I, I think I think it's just, it was a nice little, you needed a moment with her family to right. kind of help shape for the audience who she is. And she really only can relate to her sister. Because being at the barbecue is just a very awkward scene. She really yeah. is combative with the other people. I have lime hands. And when she, yeah, she's <laughs> very much like sorry for the wet hands. And then yeah. when she goes up to the barbecue and she's like, "I want that one." Like, who at a barbecue calls a burger? Goes up to yeah. a burger and goes, "I want that one my, with two my, slices my of child, cheese." My child would. Well, but yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, but like, my I want that, would. that burger with two slices of cheese and walks away. Like you're expecting service now. Like yeah. you've really flipped. I call burgers. I call burgers. No, there we go. <laughs> Sounds about right. There we go. If there was burgers. one person here that would call a burger, yeah. it would be Kieran. Yeah. Well, I like the ones that, like, when, it got, when the guy's pulling the, sli- the pizza slice out of the thing, you don't say, like, uh, give me that one? No. Oh, I want oh, the one that oh, looks oh, If I'm at a pizza place and yeah. I'm looking at If I'm at a pizza them, place. Yeah. If I'm if, looking if, at if slices, get, I'd be like, I want that one. If we're, if we're, at, if we're at, like, somebody's house and a, and a pizza comes, I don't call a slice yeah, no, in the I box. Don't that's fucking rude. Yeah. yeah, that's like me calling shotgun obnoxiously my whole life. When you were like, <laughs> you literally, Kieran sat me down one day. He's like, "Listen, no one likes you because of that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be more diplomatic." To <laughs> uh, each his own. Time machine recast. This is this is a weird movie to do this with because uh, you got to yeah. kind of really shake up the. There's really like there's only a couple approaches. You either like take out one of the principles, which I don't really like. Get get. Get wacky with it, which is I'm assuming what Artie did, or get like real subtle with it, which yeah. is what I did. So yeah, that's the thing. I guess I'll just keep going first. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I because I was gonna put Kathy Bates on my, but Kathy Bates is too big. And you just make swanky. her swanky. No. Oh, I thought of her as swanky. I too. thought of her. I was, swanky. Really, I was I literally yeah. just started writing a C a second ago. I was, I was, like, I was leaving Swanky alone because uh, I thought you did a good job. Yeah. My my, my request, I'm gonna request Linda May. Okay. And I'm going with that's a good one. Um. I'm going to use Margot Martindale. Um, if you Google her, if you look her up, is you'll she from a, uh, from she's a from Justified. Uh, she's from Million Dollar Baby. She's the mom in, in Million oh, Dollar she? Baby. Yeah, she's a great actress, and I, I and I don't yeah. think she's not too big where it's distracting, where like she can kind of oh she's in Hereditary. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, or she can she can she comes off as someone that like. Could be nomadic, but like, and I, I think she's a terrific actress. That's a great actress. recast. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I like that a lot. Thank she's you very much. She's a soul-crushing character in Million Dollar Baby. Is she? With the mom she's, with the Mickey hat. She's the, also, I mean, she's she terrific. might be the best part of Hereditary. I mean, I know that's a hot she's, take. Everyone she's likes a, the uh, mom. She, she had like a little, she had. A, she was on a season of, uh, of Justified. She was really good in that, too. Uh, just, um, I think she's just a, a great actress. And she's not big enough where it would be distracting in a sea of... of just regular people. I really like that one. Thanks. 
Um, so mine, again, is very, very subtle. And uh, it, I just, you know, they did a lot of time spending um, showing the music of the region and, and that area. There's the square mm. dancing scene. Yes. And there's the guy that performing it who kind of mm. does a little, all right, what we do here, square dance. Yeah. So I put a, a real-life musician into that role. Okay. Um, he just actually starred in Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, and he's Jason Isbell. Uh, he wrote some of the songs for um, Star is Born. Okay. And he, so in, in Kills of the Flower Moon, you just recently watched it. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he plays uh, Leo's sort of stepbrother. So like the guy married to the other oh, sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of fish out of water casting there. But I thought it would be kind of cool to see him in this one performing on stage and kind of adding... For a sure, kind of like a Leo moment of pointing at the screen, saying, "Oh, look at it is." Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. Yeah, a little bit of a deep um, track, but like, I like it. Yeah, yeah I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> do I get to do my recast? You, get, uh, you, you do. sure it's do, your buddy. Turn, buddy. So she looks at the picture of Bo. He's playing guitar. We're recasting Bo. Okay. Okay. Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> bit distracting. Well. You said there's only a couple ways to go here. Like I, yeah. I, I, subtle or, or, cra- out of, or crazy. Out of the box. crazy. That's kind of like my Sean uh, William Scott Hurt Locker. Right? Yeah. That was yeah. out of the box, too. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. So he would be the one playing guitar and the sublime shirt? Yes. And then, yeah. Oh, oh, he would be Bo. Yeah. I was thinking the uh, the, the kid with the lighter. No. Uh, yes. he's, he's the guy playing guitar, and he's when she's looking at the picture of the okay. guy with long hair, it's Paul Rudd. And it we're would, like, oh, would, that's great. It would be more distinctive. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. And we'd be like, oh, that's, I For love sure. him, too. Yeah. I love him, too. I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How boy, could you not love Paul Rudd when you just look at him? You, know, you, you, look, you look at him on the screen, and you instantly fall in love with him. He's, he, he nailed Him and Matt Damon have nailed it. Yeah. Scenes to be cut, the cutting room floor. I think I answered mine with my LVP. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. Well, now um, that I know that, that's mine. <laughs> I want that cut from my mind. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I, w- I was going with the um, the hillbilly zombie number. Um, oh, I love that. I, I, I just, well, uh, that was my cutting room floor. Yeah. Until Kieran just told me she shit in a bucket. <laughs> um, I, 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 think it, I think it doesn't really add anything. Hmm. Get it out of here. Doesn't. Or um or the or the zoo scene where they go to the house of reptiles. That is a good answer. I don't get that. Scene. You don't need. There's it. a few I pointless th- scenes like that. I think in this. that they're showcasing maybe uh, they're showcasing wall drug. What is that? What's it called? Wall drug. Uh, yeah, yeah, wall drug. Yeah, that's so that maybe wall drug's like, hey, you know, why don't you show them some of the things we feature if you're going to use our spot? I don't know. Maybe um, it, uh, I that, thought it was to show Dave. She's like, oh, he's squeezing my arm, and Dave's like, that's me. Yeah, that, I'll, like, I'll be yeah, honest. My yeah, second watch, no, no, like my today watch, like the, the second one in two days, uh, that got a little ten second and, fast forward. There, I'm like, I know what this is going on. Here. There's and nothing. Her, and her, there's re- no. I'm glad no you do that. Her reaction yeah. to the alligator thing. I don't was, often do it, but this one was very. You know, this movie has a lot of silence and scenery where it's like, if I'm in a rush, I could that was shave the, thirty seconds. That was the moment where I did it. And this is then for the note taking watch. Like I, I just, yeah. I yes, know the what second this watch. scene brings. I don't need to see this again. And right. like, and her reaction to the alligator thing was so weird. It was very out of character. It was yeah, like yeah. it was way over the top. Way like, over the top. Uh, stop. Yeah. Like, that so was yeah, too... get, get her. You know what? Get that one out. Them of there. bonding was that whole montage or yeah. whatever that is. Like a, is that a montage? There were no. a couple little montages in this right, one. There yeah. are, right? There's they're some like, montages, like but not that montage. one, yeah. All right. well, well, it, uh, it could have been it a montage. Is, right? It kind of is, right? them bonding a few things. Yeah. There's no music. That's but... Coda Mountain. Coda being a montage. <laughs> 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 
Um, all right. Uh, so Oscar Riaval, it's mm. only up for six and only wins three. So this isn't like, you know, your Ben-Hur, where it's <laughs> up for a 15 million. and wins 11. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's the where we're trending, you know, these days, is they just got to give one to everybody. But um, so I'll give you the six again. It is, it wins picture, director, actress. It's nominated for, but doesn't win screenplay, editing, cinematography. So if it's going to win them all except one, what are you okay with it not winning? Director, actress, screenplay, editing, cinematography. I'd probably go with screenplay. I would too. There's, I, a ton I, of, there's a ton of improvisation. So it that feels it feels like that. That to me, well, she's very big on that. That takes away from any script. For yeah. me. I do like the screenplay though. I, I could see it winning for all six of these, to be honest. But I'm going to go with the same. I'm going to agree. I just think that out of, out of, out of, out of all the, the other ones, ones are harder. Out of all the ones you listed, I feel like that's that's the, the weakest. weakest. Yeah. 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 Now it wins uh, just one. I'm going to go actress. I'd probably uh, go. I'd probably go Frances McDormand. Yeah. You want director? Yeah. Uh, do it. You want to do it? Yeah. Do it. It's do it. close, though. Do it. It, it is close, do though. It. I mean, by by virtue of my MVP, you'd say that it would be that. But it's not the, not necessarily the same question, because one is like a specific award. No, I get it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'll be consistent and say that I, I thought, you know, it's it's a, it's in a vacuum, so it doesn't really have to do with Carrie Mulligan. Right. But no, nah, I'll go director. I'll go director close. Okay. Yeah. This is a director's film for me. Um, yeah, it's it's well, it's producer, a, it's writer, a director, great, editor. subtle performance. She's, it's her film. Yeah, this it's is her a director's baby. film. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think she she got it. For that. I picture a lot of conversations between her and Frances McDormand where they're just dorking out like, "Yeah, no, I get the shot of the cactus. That's great." <laughs> well, she's sleeping with the cinematographer, so that uh, who is the Chloe Zhao? It's her boyfriend. Oh yeah, oh, is that right? He's her, done every movie she's. Her made. boyfriend's a cinematographer. Yeah, and McDormand, you. Use the Cohen brothers to money. Get this shot. Eh, get that shot. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, darling. <laughs> One to five. Here we go. Performances. How the movie looks and how it's how the story is told. Start with uh, with performances here. Um, Grant, you've been going first, so I'll go to Artie first on this one. Thank God. I have it at a four. Ooh. McDermott is well, after all that. Well, McDermott is in every scene and she's great. Yeah. So. It's hard to take away from the acting. Um, it's not a five because while she's Oscar worthy, the other people are, you know, pretty good for not being actors, but they're not actors, and you can tell, and it does become and distracting. Also, Strathairn, if he won, right, he's awesome. And if he also, if he won for supporting, I'd be like, oh, you know, that makes sense too. Right, he's yeah. awesome, and and like you said, they did get some great acting performances out of some of the non-actors, yes. like Bob and and. Uh, yeah, whatever her name is. And that leads into me is I also went with a four. And, you know, for all the talk about non-actors, I mean, they're really not that bad. Not I mean, there's not, there's like, not listen, a lot of like, there's like, like, they're not like there's no there's no one in there that's like glaringly bad. The yeah, worst we don't have guy any... is the guy who's like, you're out of power. I'm trying to have my daughter's birthday. Oh, over and he's, there. he's got one line. Come on. I know. But he's, he's also like bad. probably a guy he's... trying to have a daughter's birthday. And they just filmed it. There was no one. There was no performance in there. I'm like. Oh. Yeah, there's no right. Sofia Coppola's in here, right? <laughs> you know, like, so it's, oh it's, my god, and there's one super powerful, strong performance that probably can't be done by anyone else, or two. So like, I'm not giving it a, a five because no. you know, but it's a five would be a lot. A five is when everyone's phenomenal, and yeah. we're like, we're having yeah, a hard we time. need like Kathy Bates making us cry to get a right. to get a, a five here in this one. Yeah, 
Um, so I'm a four. You're yeah. a four. Cool. Same as four. Grant, I'm going four too, guys. Let's cool. make this a, yeah. let's make this right. a sweep. Love that. Yeah. I mean, it's for it's all a, the above mentioned. It's a best actress win when she's in every scene. So it's not that's not out of that's yeah. it's a three five, is a little and, harsh. And the, and the, five punished for regular actors and the one. lows yeah. and the lows right. aren't that low. No, and no, they're not. Straight Thorn should have been nominated. I think he should have been nominated. Yes. Yeah. it's I'm I'm actually disappointed he wasn't. He's not in a lot. I, I, no, but you don't have to be. To no, I know, I know. It's not just a, look at America Ferrera. <laughs> She's in a lot of that movie. Yeah, I guess she is. But she got nominated. <laughs> she got well, not for a lot of great acting. She got nominated for one stupid speech. If she's nominated for that, then they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, well, that's for another podcast. It is. Yeah. Um, in four years, I'll let Joey deal with that. Well, no, for the Oscars, Oscar uh, oh, preview. You don't get to go on those. <laughs> not, not allowed on those. Not allowed on those. <laughs> how it looks, yeah. how it shots, what it's up on screen. I'll go first because my answer is going to probably be not a surprise. Is is a five? Um, I'll let you guys tug a war over that or, or do what you want with that because you may have yeah, other ideas. I, uh, I just, to me, I, I think this is a be- is a beautiful looking film, and it's one that you know there's not a lot of these that I would go out and buy after doing a podcast on. This is one of them. I teeter between a four and a five. I do. I think that it does. It, it uses the space very well, um, and, and and even even the stuff inside of the vans is, is shot shot well too. It's it, even they they handle. Didn't bring that up. That is true. They they handle the claustrophobic stuff really well. I think I'm gonna. I'm thinking I'm gonna give it a four, but it's like a rock hard four. So I'm gonna give it a three. Ooh. Okay. I'm strict with the cinematography, mm-hmm. and there is some stuff that, like the 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 sweeping landscape shots, are very nice, and it's very beautiful. Yeah, I like a little more storytelling, and it's also some of the tighter shots are a little, like you said, the van shots are good, but some of the some of the tighter shots when there's dialogue in an awkward open space. It, it gets to be a little movie esque, where they cut from one person to the next person, to the next. and I, 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 I'm not. That's not. That's basic. That's not mm-hmm. doing anything innovative. Yeah. Uh, just having pretty shots, to me, isn't enough. It's a three. The story, the themes, how it's told. I will go first again, and I will say that this movie's kind of, in many ways, is kind of made for our. Our five 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 system, you know, it's like 100%. It, it, it applies yeah. very well. We've we've had other ones where it's like, God, I like this movie more than the scores I'm giving, but this is I feel like it's yeah, kind of yeah. the opposite. I'm going to go with the four with the themes now they're told. I think, uh, I think they're really palpable for some, but not all, in the manner in which they're told. So I can't just give the me score. I have to give my neighbor score too. If I can't have a, a, a friendly conversation with everyone about the movie, there's some flaws to how they're telling the story. Um, and Grant, I, I do hear some of your thoughts about it maybe being too subtle in some areas, it being too minimalistic. So I think you've made an impression on me a little bit with that uh, because, you know, this goes back to the old Oz thing is, just, you know, is a movie really that good if I should have to see it twice? And then that becomes a subject of debate too. So I'll go, I right. will not give it a five. We'll give it a four. I ended a four, five, four for Nomadlands. I don't like Oz's definition there because there's albums that you oh, listen I to. I didn't say I agreed with him. But yeah, because there's albums you listen to five times and you're like, this is good. I don't know why it's good. And then you're like, I like the song. It's in the And ether. then as time goes on, you're like, well, I've liked every song and the album's good. Yeah. It's the Rebecca. It's the Rebecca argument. Yeah. There, there, there are flaws. There are flaws in that argument for sure. My uh, um, 
It's a two. Wow. This is very single layer. I don't think there's plot, personally. I think it is a little over-stylized where they depend on the the scenery and the and the shots to fill some time. Um, yeah, no, it's just not really... It's not my thing. Mm. I don't like it. Yeah. That's, like, I'm not going to say it's bad. First and last thing you said. I'm so. not going <laughs> to say it's bad. I just don't like it. It's yeah. not for me. Hmm. Which leads us to Grant. Um, again, like the cinematography, I'm kind of in between. I'm, I'm in between a three and a four here. I think this conversation helped me. Um, and me even like coming up with points, like as I'm talking, I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I kind of talked myself into a four, I think. Um, I think I, I, when sometimes it, sometimes it involves like a deep dive to kind of realize that you liked a movie or didn't like a movie more than you think. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a four here. I, I think, I think that the, the themes of grief and how they're presented are really good. It's, but it's like the kind of the other half of the movie that's, that kind of, Takes it back a little bit. Yeah, very fair. So, Artie, you ended at a uh, four three two. A four three Ooh. two. And Grant, I'm all fours. He's a four four four. Oh, okay. All right. And then for me was a four five four. And I'll say to uh, Mike and uh, Adam St. John out there, it's a beautiful film. So I'll just leave it. Oh boy, that that uh, was a <laughs> that was a controversial episode. If I do say so uh, myself. Before we get to the other nominees, uh, <laughs> recommends for this. If you just watched Nomadland, where did you go? What did you come up with? Uh, Grant, did you have one ready? Man, I had a hard time with this. I did too. Same. I had such a hard time with this. I'm going to go with a movie that deals with getting over the loss of a loved one and r- not risking getting too close to somebody in fear that you will get hurt by them. It's a movie that you've probably seen, but go watch it anyway because it's great. And it's Goodwill Hunting. Mm. I think I think thematically there are there are a lot of things in common with it. Yeah, it's just a great movie. Always a Teflon recommend right there. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cop out, but whatever. No, we'll we'll take it. Uh, I'm gonna go with one that I just talked about on the episode that that Grant and I were just referencing uh, over on Cinemas. Me and Adam and Mike discussed uh, our our top runners up hmm. for this one. I'm gonna go with a with a sights and sounds type of film. One I saw on a big screen this year with our own Jay Dowski, uh, kind of blew us both away. It was one of my selections for my list on that one. And this is a movie that very many people, they either love or they don't love. And it's a long one. It's got the old intermission. It's got the uh, the, uh, the the prelude and the the whole David the Lean-esque on, on stuff. Yeah, it yeah. is David Lean, because I, I did like the David Lean connections to this, so I wanted to try to go uh, uh, with a lean if I could. Um, there's not enough Malick movies that I like to recommend <laughs> a Malick. And I think I did Badlands already. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with Dr. Zhivago, which lost Best Picture to Sound of Music. Mm. Rightfully so. Um, I'm okay with that. But um, won a lot of the technicals that year. And uh, to me, it's just a... Um, it's an awe-aspiring movie from a visual standpoint. It's a beautiful film. It is a beautiful film. It's a beautiful <laughs> film. Omar Sharif crushes Sharif. it in in the lead. There doesn't doesn't uh, quite get the nomination there himself. Julie Christie is the lead female. She wins that year, uh, but not for that movie. But you know, it's kind of one of those. Go check it out if 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 you if you if you can watch a movie patiently and you and you're in on one of those kind of three hour three plus hour epics. Um, you know, maybe don't don't invite Katie. But <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
Nope. Uh, it's a Russian Revolution movie already too, which is kind of in your in your wheelhouse. Oh, there. da da. Yeah. Um. So da darling. Yeah. Da. Go go check out Doctor Zhivago. It's a it's a good good sights and sounds look there, and you can see a little bit of that a little bit of that lean action. Arte. Uh, my recommendation is a movie called Kick Ass. Okay. I want you to go have fun and be happy after this movie. <laughs> I don't want you to deal with grief. I want you to go change your whole mood. I feel so like, if you just watch this, go watch Kick Ass, which is still a little. I feel like Kick Ass isn't really a feel good movie either. Uh, I felt great. I mean, I, I loved know. it. Kind of I loved bummer. it. Oh, Nicolas Cage and his daughter. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Somewhere Andrew Corners just pumped his fist. That's true. I thought he was my enemy. What's going on? No, here? That's, no Adam, that's Adam. 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 Adam uh, Why does everyone's name start with an A? <laughs> that I, can't. I don't know. Artie. Who Adams? I, Andrew. Artie. Artie. Uh, Artie. That I can't control. So. Yeah, Artie. <laughs> Grant, we'll kick it to you for this last this last section. Hit it, Grant. This is not a who should have won podcast. That's the last thing this world needs. Whoa, whoa, the other nominees. Again, the wonderful music work from Grant Zepernick, as he says. This is not a who should have won podcast, but we do discuss the other movies that were nominated this year. And this is a fun one because I said we have an episode pretty much discussing all these movies and ranking them uh, with uh, myself, Joey R., and the incomparable Zeta Short. Mm -hmm. Go listen to that one. It's our 2021 Oscar special. Please go check that out on the back archive. When are we doing a Zeta and Jay episode? Uh, there's got to be one somewhere. That's probably going to be the best. Like, it's like two authors and you speaking. That's a <laughs> yes. great. That's going to be an interesting dynamic. It'd be a great. I episode. love yes, that. I like it. I like it. They would probably become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to start first here, and this is a an eight nominee year here. An eight nominee Such year. A weird thing. It is. Such a weird um, year. And we'll start with Judas and the Black Messiah. So this is Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by Shaka King. And it is starring Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya, also Jesse Plemons. Offered a plea by the FBI, William O'Neill infiltrates the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party to gather intelligence on Chairman Fred Hampton. Gentlemen, have either of you seen Judas and the Black Messiah? Uh, I have not, unfortunately, but uh, I love the cast. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely well cast. It's a first film by the director and really kind of comes off that way. Um, oh, okay. That's a pretty good result for a first film, though. Yeah, Best Picture nomination and a, a supporting actor win. It's Daniel Kaluuya's Yeah, Oscar. And you were able to get a tremendous cast for your first. Did he yeah. write it, too? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's an interesting exploration into the into the Black like, Panthers. Um, like which, the politics of the time, right? Like, they had... Yeah, it's it's kind of like a... It's a, it's shot from their perspective, which is something we didn't get a lot of in the decades leading up to this. But um, what not my favorite uh, film in the world, just because again, it's a little kind of messy. It's kind of like like for, first filmy to me. I don't love okay. Lakeith Stanfield's performance. Daniel Kaluuya is outstanding, yeah. and deserves the Oscar. Uh, but it didn't didn't fully work for me. Okay. Um, just not one to go back and, and visit. That's Judas and the Black Messiah. Next we have the aforementioned Mank. Mm. Mank, Mank's Mank. Tank. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't either. I have a feeling. <laughs> I have seen it. Don't, I just have. I just have a feeling. I'm going to be the one who's like, you don't like Mank. <laughs> it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? Mank Gary is, Oldman's amazing. I love in Gary Oldman. It. I remember. I remember Zeta cutting a promo on Gary Oldman on this uh, on the Oscar <sighs> on the Oscar special. 
Next, it's a tough hang, man. Is that, a, isn't it like four hang. hours? No. No? Uh, it's 2.11. Oh, that's not bad. I'm thinking of the Irishman. 1930s Hollywood <laughs> is reevaluated through the eyes of a scathing social critic and an alcoholic screenwriter, Herman J. Mankiewicz, as he races to finish the screenplay of Citizen Kane. Uh, that sounds good. Yeah, Minnesota Seafried is nominated for supporting actress. Gary Oldman's nominated for actor. Fincher's nominated for director. It wins for cinematography and I believe film editing. So Reznor and and Ross are up for score, but yeah. they lose to themselves for, for soul. soul. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you know what? Yes, they're some of the best composers in music history. Then mm. in movie movie history. history. Yeah, they have to be. Everything uh, they've done has been up for best picture. Okay, one for production design. And for cinematography, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, I get you know, listen, Artie, it's on Netflix. Maybe you'll love it, and you know, God bless America. I don't know what to tell you. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't with this movie. It's, it's just. It is just for me. It's just a, a, a spoonful of Nyquil. Now, this is my nap movie. This you is your want nap my movie. nap movie in twenty twenty. This is <laughs> that's there your it nap is. Movie. There you go. Amazing score though. It's so cool listening to him do like '40s jazz, like a '40s jazz That's score, cool. like oh. from from Nine Inch Nails. It's like what the the score is kind of worse the price of admission, as long as you didn't pay too much. I mean, um, I, 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 like, I, I can just go on Spotify and listen to it. You can. So that's Mank. Trial of the Chicago Seven is next. Isn't that, the same, a, isn't that the same movie as Judas and the Fly? It's, it's the same story. <laughs> it's the same exact subject, right? Yeah, pretty not a, uh, not the exact subject, but Fred Hampton's in both films. <laughs> oh. um, the character Fred Hampton. This one is a way more Aaron Sorkin-y version of him, though. Uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin Alert. The story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago... Illinois. So it was nominated for six Oscars, didn't win any. Um, ugh. Uh, Eddie, Red- <laughs> Eddie like Redmayne, Sacha Baron Cohen. Listen, it's... Tell it's, me your thoughts, Garrett. It's, uh, honestly, it's entertaining. Like it's, you'll, you'll sit there and time will fly and it's, it's Aaron Sorkin, so he knows how to like... Sure. He knows how to write a screenplay and mm-hmm. get... He doesn't really know how to direct the movie, but well, if, that's, that's a topic if, for another... Listen to him talk about writing screenplays. He's like, there are rules, and Aristotle wrote them 2,000 oh, years God. ago. It's called dialectics. You've got to follow it. And, like, It's the most obnoxious. Him, I don't know who's worse, him or the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers, when they inter- you want to get something out of the Coen brothers when they interview them about movies, and they just turn to each other, like make little quips and giggle to each other. Yeah, they're and not then, letting you in. And I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah, they're not going to let you in. I don't know what yeah. the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Everything they say is abstract. Yeah. And Sorkin I don't know what is very self-serving, about. though. He's, he loves himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, he, he loves, very much loves, loves himself. He loves himself. There's no doubt. He loves him from him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's all about him. Um, listen, if you're looking for a Saturday afternoon movie and you're flicking through Netflix, you watch it, you'll be entertained. It's it's, okay. got, a good, it's got a really good cast of supporting characters or, sure. or a plenty. You'll see a million faces you know. Uh, Gordon I mean, Levitt's Sasha, in that, right? Sasha Baron Cohen yes. getting nominated for an Oscar is a bit much for me, but give me straight there in any day. He should have uh, been. If, he, if he's not winning for Borat, he shouldn't win. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't win anything, but yeah. So that's that. Um, moving right along, uh, Minati, Minati, a Korean American family moves to an Arkansas farm in search of its own American dream, amidst the challenges of a new life in the strange and rugged Ozarks. They discover the undeniable resilience of a family, and what really 
makes a home. That right. looks exactly like Nomadland, watching um, the preview that's on TV right now. Well, yeah, this is more <laughs> of a family-esque tale. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I like Stephen Yoon. Stephen Yoon is, is... I like him a lot. ...is great. Who's yeah. he? Um, he's the guy from Walking from, Dead. And from Nope. He's the... He's, um... Oh, the rodeo he, guy from he, No. Oh, from no. Yeah. he's excellent. Great actor. Yeah. It's, listen, it's a nice little movie. Uh, dare I say it's a bit forgettable. Like, I mean, I, Is I, it? you know, I haven't thought about Minari in, <laughs> in four years, you know, since I, I, the credits rolled. You know, it's a nice little tale. It's like a little kind of, um, a little, f- like, fable, you know. I, I, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's a movie. All right. You guys are, I haven't seen a lot this year. Huh? No. Yeah. I told you during COVID, I didn't watch a lot of movies. Yeah. This is before we. I started, watched a lot of Gojira. Like we, we started with like I think it was like the following year I started taking the Oscars much more seriously because of the podcast. Yeah, wait, the podcast is picking up more steam. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're doing Oscar episodes now. Cool. I got to watch all these. <laughs> <laughs> and then you still don't watch them. Right. Uh, all right. This one is next here. This is much more Artie's speed here, and this would have been my best picture winner this year. The Sound of Metal. Oh, I thought you were going to say Promising Young Woman. A heavy metal's drummer. A heavy metal drummer's life is turned upside down when he begins to lose his hearing, and he must confront a future filled with silence. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Oh, boy. I haven't seen this. Yeah, well, it's basically a horror movie. Um, Sounds horrifying. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll love this one already. Uh, everyone has told me that. But you'll squirm in your chair the entire time. Directed by uh, Darius Martyr, Riz Ahmed puts forth... Uh, just an all-time performance. He's quietly going to be one of the best actors we've experienced in our life. I'd buy stock to that. To that, take. yeah. I'd that's. I feel like he hasn't done a lot lately. He's been quiet recently, but yes. like he quietly was in the that n- show, the night of, the night of, the night where so it's like good. that move. That show had no business being as popular really as it was, but he really carries that. It was him and Michael K. Williams were excellent in that. Yeah. Also, uh, Paul Racy's nominated for supporting actor. He's who wrote? Incredible. He was wrote really that. Good. He was so good in yeah. that. Who yeah. wrote Sound of Music? Uh, uh, Sound, Sound of Metal. metal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Darius Motter, the director, also wrote. Uh, also write, wrote the film. Uh, it's just. A, it's just. A, it's. Listen, I'm not going to call it the most rewatchable movie in the world. But no, it's a tough watch. But it's an experience, and any musician should really watch it. Just. I, I just to kind of take your ears for granted, <laughs> so, so yeah. you don't take your ears for granted. You know. I feel like my my biggest my biggest pet peeve of the movie is just like it's just the drummer guitarist slash singer and that's the whole band <laughs> like that, that's that's my big that's bassist my, no and it's just like it's like the guy and his girlfriend and she plays guitar and sings and he plays huh. drums and huh. that's the whole band I'm like okay you gotta get you gotta get a bass heavy metal band yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's kind of like the yeah yeah yeah's kind of feel to it yeah only, it's not only the, more not goth. my type of music for sure. Um, all right, let's do the promising young woman of it all now. Uh, we have a, oh, straight into the point, young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. Emerald Fresnel, written and directed by, stars Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham's in the mix, Alison Brie. It won one Oscar, and that would be for original screenplay. Uh, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. It's very good. I haven't seen that. Yeah, you would you would love you. It's well, watch that in Sound of Metal. Those, yeah, those are the two kind of heavy hitters of the year. Those two have been recommended to me multiple times, and in a lot of ways, they're the opposite of Nomadland. Like they're, Promising Young was a lot. Like it's really dark, but it's a lot of fun in Which a weird one? way. 
promising young woman. Cool. It's a it's a dark comedy. It's it's fucking funny. I know the gist, but of it, it is it is it deals with really tough subject. Yeah, material. I know the gist of it. So the fact that it's funny means it's just well written and well made. Yeah, well, same same writer director Saltburn, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that good? Um, I liked it. It's not for everybody. It's weird. It's weird, and it's purpose. I'm, it's it's intentionally off putting. I'm getting sick of these movies that aren't for everyone. Make movies for everyone. <laughs> I want a fucking movie that makes no, everyone they, in America feel pride. Like, come on. Independence Day 3. <laughs> oh, no. no. Rambo that 7. That's not for everyone. Okay, one last one, guys, here. And this one, I'll say, is the one that I've rewatched the most since this year. And as time has gone by, I may have reflected on things and figured out it may be the best movie of the year. Oh, wow. And it's a little ditty known as The Father. Oh, Anthony Hopkins? It's starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. Anthony Hopkins gets the Best Actor win. It's directed by Florian Zeller. This movie gets better every time you see it, and it's uh, a heavy hitter as well. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, kind of like, uh, man, a movie about Alzheimer's presented from the Alzheimer perspective, and it's done in a real stylistic way. Sounds like Nomadland a little bit. Uh, this is a little more in your face. <laughs> oh, this is um, this is abstract and. Did he wasn't he up for that? He won. Uh, he won, uh, right? I mean, Anthony Hopkins won a second Oscar for it. Yeah. And Olivia Coleman's great too. And it's quietly rated one thirty five on IMDb. You would not a movie you'd think What's, it would be on the. What IMDb. is it out of ten? It is out of ten. It is a eight point two. Do you know what Nomadland was? Yeah, it was a seven point three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, I mean... Uh, Nomadland sits with Hurt Locker and Argo in the 7.1, yep. 7.2, 7.3. Yeah, yeah. makes some sense. Those, to me, are all similar. I think it's a much better movie than those two, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, Anthony Hopkins, wow, with the job he does in this. And Olivia Coleman is just real damn good at acting. Like, she's, ter- <laughs> she's terrific. She's just she's great. Yeah. She's absolutely great. Yeah. She's just putting up fantasy numbers every time she rolls out there. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I I, I think she doesn't get the due at least at least in the states. She doesn't get the due that she she should get. She's a high floor player. She's really good, man. <laughs> it's like her her bad game is eight catches for one hundred. Yeah. I've never seen her not be incredible. Yeah, she's who great. is Olivia Coleman? What else is she in? Uh, uh, she's the in favorite, the which favorite, is awesome. Uh, em- uh, Empire Light, uh, Hot Fuzz. She's in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Which is great. The Crown. She plays the Queen for for two oh, seasons. Oh, she's in the Crown mixed too. She plays yeah. she plays the Queen in the Crown. She's great in that. Uh, yeah, no, she's she's wonderful. Oh, Lost Daughter is what I'm thinking of her. The preview uh, Lost with Daughter her too. In that. Yeah, yeah. Lost Daughter. All right, so that is the uh, list of movies. That is Nomadland, guys. Thank you for going on the stuffy uh, uh, long outdoor journey Already. with us here. We we made it, guys. We picked the right size buckets. We did. We. we we parked. We filled them up. We got to go dump them out <laughs> back. We, we we fielded our beats. We sealed our Amazon packages. We and did it all. Yes, we can now ride off into the horizon, not from the middle of the screen, from either the top or the bottom. I'm going to leave the propane on, and if I wake up, <laughs> I'm going to light, light a cigarette. Don't do it to the dogs. I'm Don't li- do it to I'm the gonna dogs. I'm going to light a cigarette. If I can't do that to the dogs, if I can't do it to the dogs, then I can't do it to myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got <laughs> Leave the dogs alone. Leave the dogs out of it. Guys, Open the door. Let them run away. Yeah, yeah. Guys, thank you so much. Well done. <laughs> Appreciate you. Any closing words? Any closing thoughts? I Seen love the episodes this? that are me, you, and Grant. We need more of these. Good one. Argo They're is great. one of them talking We've about only, sitting right yeah. there with Argo. Have we been on anything? Just the, ar- the, the artist. 
Uh, Which was slightly worrying from Joey, but it's yeah. artist Argo and this. And then, like, yeah, I think it was a draft recap. Maybe. Well, the, the, uh, of yeah. course, yeah. but those don't count. Yeah, more of this, please. More yeah, numlock more episodes. Of this. And look at this. We're done before midnight at twelve oh seven. Damn it! Thank you so much for sticking with us, guys. We love you out there. Please rate, review, respond, let us know. Next time we have Twitter questions out, get in the mix for it. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to please, get you in there. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you. And uh, hey, as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, we'll catch you down the road. We got winners, we got losers, chain smokers and boozers, and we got yuppies, we got bikers, and we got thirsty hitchhikers and the girls next door dress up like movie stars I love this bar we got cowboys we got truckers broken hearted fools and suckers and we got hustlers we got fighters, early birds and all-nighters, and the veterans talk about their battle scars. I love this bar, I love this bar. Just walking through the front door Puts a big smile on my face It ain't too far Come as you Lots of lookers I've even seen dancing girls and hookers And we like to drink our beer from a mason jar
It's like, oh, hey, how about, uh, hey, darling, how about you just you film Francis McDormand taking a shit in the in a bucket? Okay. He runs back to her van. <laughs> He's like, look what I got on camera. Francis McDormand films it herself, Blair Witch style. Yeah. I'm, so, <sighs> I'm so scared right now. <sighs> I feel much better. Sweating. <laughs> She's sweating. She's like, I'm indisposed. All right. We're, we're, we yep. went back to it. Yep. We oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Wait. The one to five. You can't escape it. No, let's stay here. <laughs> no, let's hang out. Guys. Oh, no. It didn't sound oh, like that. that. It was hardest. more like, you know, well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I like my microphone. I want to spit all over it. Uh,